up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I am one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Hi, Greg. Hey, how are you? I'm well. Good. The pure one, Tim Geddes. Let's him host. None other than the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Go Islanders. And then a man who needs no introduction. Got wings. One of the best men I've ever met in my oh, entire life, Rob Paulson. Thanks. Hello, nurse. Hi, bud. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Paulson. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Paulson. Thank you. The voice of a generation. Oh, man. He's what? launched a thousand cartoons. Yeah, listen. I'm you know him from Talking Tunes, the iTunes podcast. Go get it Thank on you. iTunes and other podcast servers. Thank it's you, It's not exclusive man. to iTunes. This is a... Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and the fact that you guys—we all have the same parole officer. I think it's so <laughs> convenient. It's Easiest weird. way to get us all and linked together. This all yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. No, this is great. Thanks. A cup of Joe. I got your doggy here. Yeah. Everything is. This is great. This is Lovely. a good life. This Thanks is what it's all about. Me, this buddy. is the life of an uh, internet uh, superstar meets cartoon superstar. Oh, bless your heart. Yeah. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Has it, Greg? For you, has it gotten to the point where it's it's kitsch? to have people in your spare bedroom yet or is it still slightly embarrassing Kitch. no I, well, I mean like if you notice the house is cleaner than usual yeah I woke up and ran around at 7 in the morning I meant to get rid of the prize box for Colin and Greg Live forgot about that so that yeah the giant this box that has been moved around so many times that it is no longer a box yeah it's a just bag. kind of like a it's just a cardboard, it's a cardboard bag yeah, it's a cardboard bag. bag and I noticed you clearly are doing well you have a Dyson vacuum oh we have two, we have two. Rob. shut up yeah you want one as a parting gift how much I'm, are you, are you I'm trying to get me? rid of one how much how much you making this goddamn thing Those well no 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 these were these were were bought when we had full-time jobs <laughs> Dyson those are expensive yeah man. I don't know I still don't know why we have two of them actually wow, it's because a long time ago Christine moved in with me and, and fell in love home. with the fell in love with the Dyson then we broke up and we're like we'll never be back together wow. and then we got back together and she had already bought another Dyson so now we got two goddamn Dysons in this I'll take a Dyson off your hands if I, you're trying to get rid of a Dyson you're gonna give me some money though I'll give you some money really yeah we'll talk about this after the show no well first off we shouldn't negotiate I want the purple one no the purple one's timers that's not going anywhere it's got it's got the ball so it can go around corners real easy I don't know if you noticed but I used to be a prize fighter my name was Mike Dyson <laughs> Rob Paulson, ladies and gentlemen. I just, I just cheated up. I just cheated up for you. Of course, I respect you. I just want to touch your boobs. I'm sorry. I don't mean it. I'm so sorry. Mike's gonna. Well, never mind. He's he's doing cartoons. Now. He's doing cartoons. I may run into him. He may exactly cut my head off. Yeah. Whoa, damn! Man. What a strange career Mike Tyson has had. I know, yeah, right. He's gone. He's gone the full spectrum. He's done that thing that like a lot of old talent like should do, which is you you sort of. You rise, you fall, and then you sort of... Rise he's had this again. weird introspective moment where he's like... He's the one-man show, and he wrote yeah. a book, and he's like... Didn't you do the show about birds? Pigeons, yeah, the pigeon show. He, yeah. He's done some crazy stuff, but I think he's had these amazing moments of like clarity where he's like, well, I am a crazy person, a crazy personality, rather, not person, uh, and it. I should just run with it. Well, and, and, and go he, he apparently... I mean, I've seen him in interviews in which he he's very <laughs> introspective and very contrite and says, oh my God, I, I really did some really bad oh, things. Yeah. I'm taking medication. I'm okay. Then... I heard him on an interview. Pardon me. I heard him on an interview. Oh, a couple months back with some sports guy, who who I was I think in, in the UK, uh, because he was doing his. Oh, Mike Tyson! What did right, And he said, uh, no, uh, "So has it been difficult for you as you did go to federal prison on a rape charge?" And Mike just, you know, "Fuck you! I'm not going to talk to you about this." Just lost it. Yeah. Which again, the guy set him up. I mean, you know, he did, but it, it was you could see where he had these moments of. <laughs> Rageful well, I mean, guy, yeah, I mean, well, that's the things so you try to get away from. Yeah. I imagine yeah. it was <laughs> pretty doing wild. cartoons and yeah, pigeon no shows, kidding. and that was and, the... you, and you t- and you tattoo your face with a tribal logo. Yeah, really. yeah, which that is awesome. that's I crazy. That. Yeah. <laughs> I really love that. That was the best. Crazy. Anyway, um, how we went from Mike. This is the show. This yeah. is what Dyson, we're Dyson, Dyson, Dyson to Mike Dyson. Dyson. See, when I whenever I think of Dyson the vacuum, I think of Terminator Two. Miles Dyson. She's gonna kill Dyson. 
Remember, because he was the one who he the guy was like this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can hold this thing. I like how you're holding my my cold Starbucks <laughs> cup. <laughs> God, Terminator Two is such. A, can we it's stop the show and go film? Go watch that. I watched Terminator Three the other day for about oh, five no, seconds, and was I was like, choice. "This is like a joke mm-hmm. compared to the, its predecessors." Uh, four was actually okay. Salvation was okay, but what was no, Rise of Machines? Sucked. It was yeah, okay. but it wasn't like three. But three yeah, was like. That one, right? And, and, yeah. and this is not, and I'm not saying this uh, to be sexist at all, but I just don't think that that actress, not no. necessarily a female role, but that actress was not imposing. Was at the all. right choice. She was not mm-hmm. ominous. She was not. She didn't feel threatening in the least. If well, it was. It was literally like, how, "Hey, let's get a hot Terminator." Yeah, exactly. Let's get a hot chick. <laughs> and I'm like, you could have cast someone yeah, that gene. had that vibe yeah. that actually could like have that that presence on screen, but she just was smoking hot. Yeah. Not taking anything away from Christina Loki, I think that's her name, but. When her hand changes fifteen times into like an awesome gun, I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. This right. thing, there's no <clears throat> fault to this character. There's there's no way to get around this. And then she's and perfect, then, like Miley Cyrus. Oh god, Miley Cyrus is perfect. Isn't she? I know. Have you met Miley Cyrus? I haven't. I don't. Think well, she's if old I, if, if you meet her first before me, can you say what's up to her for me? Really? Yeah. You like Miley? She's your. I'm chick? not. I don't dislike her. Yeah. <laughs> I like that her, she's a free spirit. You'd like to she, teach her the meaning of the word discipline, wouldn't you? I, I mean, are we talking like collar and choker? Or like, or, or, <laughs> like, what are we what are we talking about? Back to Mike Tyson again. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. if you didn't oh, know, this is the God. Game Over Greggy Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring oh. a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, you can get the show early each and every Friday over on Patreon.com slash kindoffunny or... You can wait till it all goes live for free on YouTube, topic by topic, day by day, until we post the entire show for free on Friday on iTunes and YouTube. A lot of people check their MP3. It's back, Colin. Cool. Pregnant oh, pause. Nice. Yeah, okay. Um, so that was the promo? Yeah, that's where we just excellent. put that in the middle if anybody, cool. if anybody didn't know what Great. it was. Okay, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Well, we should put it at the beginning, but we always talk... We just immediately go off on a tangent. Well, that's how the yeah. show. That's how. What yeah. I mean, it's episode sixty something or other. Yeah. The game over show. People are used to it. It's not sixty nine. Not sixty nine. No. 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 That's not, not the episode. But as of yesterday, it's sixty nine days until Furious Seven oh, comes out. Oh God! Now you've yeah. dated this because we're do putting you, this up from a while we, ago. Do we want to go right. into that Twitter yeah. feed right now, or should we save that for a later episode? That's, that's a later. Okay. That is. A there should just be a game over Greg show about the fast. Actually, you know what? I need to tell the story. Sorry, Greg. I have to tell the story. No tangents. That's what the game over Greg show is all about. So recently, and I, I, t- I spoke about this on the show, If Rob, if you didn't know, okay, we're huge fans of the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh, right, okay. It's an amazing... So is my kid. My kid and his gr- uh, girlfriend, fiance, are, are crazy Congratulations. Yeah, Thank you. they just get it. They know it's not about oh, cars, man. it's about family, yeah, and it's they great. Love it. So, I just found out that there's this Twitter feed called Days Till Furious 7. Oh. And every day, they just update a tweet that just has the number, and then a GIF, and then... That's it. That's it. So I followed them instantly because I was excited. I'm like, yeah. this is great. And every day I've been talking to Nick. I'm like, dude, oh, it's only 72 days. It's only 71 right. days, whatever. It wasn't until recently I was at IGN visiting. And my friend says, hey, Tim, um, you know we're playing an elaborate prank on you, right? And I was oh, like, are you what, kidding what are you me? talking about? And they're like, dude, so you fell into this so fast. We made that Twitter account. No. Within 10 Wait. minutes, you followed us. We were trying to play the long con where once the movie was released, we were going to say shout out to our biggest fan, Tim Gettys. No this huge way. Thing. But, but, like, but the fact that you followed in 10 minutes, like they were like, we thought it was going to so take like just, a month for you to get it. Right away. Yeah. Real, so how many, how many followers do they have on they it? They now have like 130 <laughs> or something like that. Um, the first post actually went like semi-viral yeah. for a, a random tweet that Darren Brazil so they, made. But they totally got you. Funny. Yeah, long, they got me. How got long me? Did, they, did they have this? This... I mean, it's been going for about like a week. 
So, but it's just I love that. God bless you for telling people happened. that. No, I know it happened great. so fast, but it was good. I'm so sorry about that. Hey, okay, uh, he's not used my... to working in with microphones. Yeah, yeah I'm not. I'm, like... I, I'm not used to working. No, I don't. I'm glad to see this as a success. Because for a quick diatribe on the diatribe, of course, if you notice, I'll show it to you later. My coffee mug, my, my Dave Fenoy coffee mug yeah, says Greg that. Miller on the bottom. Yeah. Because at one point I lost it in IGN and it just disappeared. And I thought, oh, man, I can't believe somebody took this. It's probably some other department. Da, da, da. And really what it was was Alexis Kazambalidis took the mug, made a Twitter account saying that it was it was going to be held for ransom and I needed oh to find God. it. Da, da, da. And I never saw that tweet and they never tweeted again. So I went to I went and bought another Dave Fenoy coffee mug, and when that one showed up, they were like, "Oh, we we screwed up." And this well, is, this you know, is the worst story. There is I made that Twitter account. Oh, you suck. At and everything. that Twitter <laughs> account is tied to my Gmail account, and I don't remember the password to the Twitter, and there's no way to recover it because of just how Gmail works. Yeah. So I'm consistently getting Dave Fenoy coffee mug Twitter. Like you should follow these people in my email. And is that what it's called, Dave Fenoy coffee mug? Dave, like uh, I don't remember. We are in the end times. This is the end of days. Everybody. Bad. Wow. Here's my thing about you guys with with your with these prank Twitters feeds. I don't think you quite understand it because it would have been funny if they got you hooked on it, but it was the wrong days to Fast and Furious. Oh man, that's, that's what I, what that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, if, if, if you, you got out. there, you're like, boys, it's yeah. coming out today, and you were a week off. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and then you look like an asshole because so you're, you're like, in line for Paddington Bear. Like, oh man, right. that would be great. If what? This is Paddington. Where the Where's the Fast they and say, Furious? They somehow got you into Paddington. I don't want to see like, Paddington. Like, Asshole. Although oh, <clears throat> Paddington Bear is probably going to be a pretty cute movie. Well, there's a Paddington Bear in which he crashes a lot of cars, so that's a really good one. All right. Oh, yeah. Totally. Is that, <clears throat> is that like the third chapter of Mike Tyson's book? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was really drunk with Paddington Bear. It I can't do my you do, you do one of the worst Tysons I've ever heard. I don't do, I don't do impressions at all. I just love Paddington Bear. He made me crazy. <laughs> what? If you don't like Paddington, I'm gonna bite your ear off. Sorry Tim. about that. Go ahead. <laughs> What's your topic? So my topic is the voice of our childhood. Oh, bless you. Which heart. is this man right Rob here? Rob Paulson, yes, crazy. <laughs> Standing ovation if you could stand. We can't so wait. We're telling you. Crazy Who knew is... that the voice of your childhood was a middle-aged white guy? <laughs> I did. <laughs> it was probable. Um, but so what what's crazy about. about this is you literally voiced half of the. The characters that meant anything to any of us. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate and, that. And that's crazy because, like, just talking to you now, being in the same room with you, it's always nuts to talk to these people that, like, you don't, you can't, you hear the voice and you yeah. know the voice, but you can't put a face to that voice. Right. And then the second you do, you're just like, oh, my yeah. God. Well, we were talking about that earlier. That, um, what's, uh, thank you, by the way. That's really sweet. And um, what I'm finding, having been doing this uh, for a long time or having been around for a long time, is that... Uh, when people find out, who, you know, who I am and what I do, it, 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 all it does is engender a happy response. Mm. And I, I, I swear to God, it's the sweetest thing in the world. This weekend, we do this show at Sketchfest. Just like every other weekend, there will be a handful of people out of the four or 500 who will come up and at, afterwards and say, you know, I, I mean, I love Pinky in the Brain, but my brother had, uh, you know, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And the only thing that got him through his treatments were pinky in the brain. Or my brother and I, you know, my parents got a divorce and my brother and I held on to each other watching Ninja Turtles. And they get emotional because it takes them to a place where, but for that show, they would have been miserable. And it's not just me. I mean, I don't, it could be Tiny Toons or The Simpsons or whatever it is, you know. And so I am so incredibly grateful that I'm around and that I can experience this mm -hmm. from, a, from a purely selfish standpoint. Hearing things like that. 
And when people take the time to say, I love G.I. Joe, are you kidding oh me? God. Oh my God. <laughs> it's the most, it's wonderful. So I just, I'm so grateful, man. For the 1% of our audience that, that is not up to your full catalog. Can you run us through the highlights? I want them dead. I want their families dead. I want the house burned to the ground. No. Let's start from the beginning. Let's let's start from, yeah. What what? Just give me give me the highlights. What, I was well, excited to see where you're gonna go. With that. Let's start from, from the beginning, the, as if say, you knew the beginning. You knew say, Rob's catalog. Right, no, I was gonna actually say my beginning. I was like, let's start yeah. with the early '80s. There's a there's a real there's a Rain Man vibe. It's, of course, we'll start from the beginning. Of course, we'll start with you. We'll start when you started in 1983, December 47th, 1894. You know? No, I um uh, the first cartoons I did. Well, I came out here in, God, 1978, came to California ostensibly to do live action, and which I did. And in those days, of course, um, animation was pretty much relegated to ABC, CBS, and NBC on Saturday morning, right? There was no no um, DirecTV, no uh, uh, DVD. I mean, v, Betamax was still around, right? right. Wow. So, um, and there was occasional local channels that would have syndicated cartoons, but by and large, most cartoons were Saturday morning on the three major networks. There's no Fox. Um so it wasn't like I didn't want to do cartoons. I just knew that I was coming out to work. And whatever that right. meant was great. I had theater and music background. Um, and then when I got the opportunities in the mid-'80s, uh, that's when Marvel kind of started doing their um, syndicated G.I. Joe Transformers and all that stuff. And um, I, um, so I read for those, and the very first shows that I got were G.I. Joe and Transformers. I was Tripwire and Snowjob, oh right? And I love Snowjob because he was that, that uh, sort of... Uh, Sort of a Bostonian fella, right? Fella from down east from up there. And uh, Snowjob was always dressed in white because he was a snowjob. Yeah, right? yeah. He was a, uh, an alpine fighter, right? And it was really great. He had his white skis, his white weapon, his white hood, his white outfit and all that, and a big, bright red beard. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, any Ruski worth his salt can say, shoot the red beard guy. <laughs> you know, you I can see a snow job, um, but uh, but that was my uh, and what a group! I mean, it was it was right, and then and so at the same time they were producing Transformers, and I didn't come. Who were you in Transformers? I was uh, I did Aerial Bots. I was like uh, uh, Silverbolt. No, um, oh god, I can't remember. Air Raid. Air Raid. Ah! Uh, yeah. Air Raid. <laughs> and um, th- who needs Miley Cyrus when you got? <laughs> oh, he is my little Miley Cyrus for yeah. now. He's placeholder. He's my little Miley Cyrus. If, my I, little get, little if I can Miley trade him out for Miley, I love it. Look at your face. It's the same color as my name. Uh, it's turning it all pink. I'm a pink man. Arr. So, uh, yeah, I was just, uh, it was great, but I'm working with Peter Cullen and Frank Welker and all these people whom I'd known kind of peripherally, but now I'm I'm working with these guys who are the best at the best. But, you know, it, it, I knew that there were literally a handful of people who were doing all the cartoons, but it doesn't take very long when you're working for you to sort of take the bird in the hand. And I remember that um, at the time I started doing a lot of cartoons, my son was coming along and my wife said, you know, it's not that I think you're difficult to look at or anything like that, <laughs> but there are a million average looking white guys with mm-hmm. SAG cards in LA. So if you're going to, and I was doing pilots and getting work on camera and all that, but man, I was all of a sudden getting hired to do things that I would never be considered for on camera. Um, and uh, Like a transforming robot. Like a transforming robot. Or an robot. alpine soldier. Right, yeah. or an alpine soldier. Or what the, the, the first regular gig I got that was a big deal for me was um, uh, they did a reboot of, uh, of Johnny Quest. And when I was a kid, Johnny Quest, Tim Matheson was the voice of Johnny Quest in the early, mid-60s. And I loved that show. It was a primetime show on ABC like the Flintstones, right? So Hanna-Barbera did it again in the mid-80s, and I got hired to be Haji. So I'm a, this kid from Flint, Michigan going, careful, Reese, it's a pterodactyl. Ah! 
that I would never, never get a chance to read for. So all of a sudden, I am a little Indian boy, and uh, now I date them. No. Um, so it was great. And so from there, it was uh, uh, a lot of stuff at, at Hanna-Barbera, Smurfs. And then I started working at Disney, doing the Disney afternoon stuff. This was when it, the Disney afternoon stuff started really coming along. Disney Channel started kind of, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but it was... Uh, uh, Gummy Bears and uh, Darkwing Duck. I played a character oh. called Steelbeak on Darkwing Duck. It was a, a character with a steel beak, right? Air, oh. Ergo, the name. You see what I did yeah, there? Yeah, right. the it, it, was, it was just better written back They were yeah. artists. They were, <laughs> they artists. were artists. Right, right. So I did that, a lot of Disney stuff, and then that led to a bunch of stuff at uh, um, pretty much all the Disney afternoon stuff. Uh, Rescue Rangers and... Oh, I love Rescue uh, Rangers. Uh, where they... Who were you in Rescue Rangers? Goof Troop. I was a guy called PJ on Goof Troop, a big fat kid on were Goof you, Troop. Were you him in the Goofy movie? Yeah. Oh, right. How so about cool. that? Hey, look, they're wetting their pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, then, uh, and then it was kind of like all of a sudden Warner Brothers jumped on board. Yeah. And then we did uh, Tiny Toons and um, uh, Tasmania. And then that led to um, Animaniacs. And then it spun off Pinky and the Brain. Then we did Hysteria. Um, and in the middle of that, I was doing the tick and the mask. I was the, I was the mask. I was Jim Carrey for a whole lot less money. Who? What were you in the tick? I was Arthur. Yeah. Which one was? Which one was Arthur? Arthur was, he's the guy. Oh, wait, you were Arthur. He was the side. <laughs> get it? Side oh my tick. God. See what I did there? Yeah, side nice. tick. Yeah. Ah man, you've been doing this yeah, a while. Was a long time. Just, yeah. So I was wait, Arthur. That just blew my mind. You were yeah, like the. That. You were the lead. That's hilarious. That's yeah. what I, so I awesome. was talking about. Like when you're like I always tell the story whenever we're together. Of course, is at Comic Con when we first met two yeah. years ago. Oh, this is a great story. When I they love when it. they're like, yeah, I'm like they're bringing people in left and right, left and right, and like, all right, now now up is the cast of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. I'm like, all right, who are they? And like it's Sean Astin. I'm like Rudy. Got it. They're like it's a bland from Arrested Development. I'm like, all right, great. And then they're like, it's Rob Paulson. And I'm like, who is Rob Paulson? And like, oh, he was originally Raphael. Now he's Donatello. I'm like, all right, that's cool. I, I like the turtles. That's enough. And we're talking about turtles. We're talking about turtles. And yeah, you in the middle of the, your interview just go, blah, blah, blah. And then when we went to do Animaniacs, yeah, and you can yeah. see me, I just go, <laughs> and like all the gears click. And I'm like, that's fucking Yakko. I'm talking to Yakko. I am talking to Yakko. Like, like, I didn't, I didn't I say didn't it prepare. on the air. Yeah, I exactly. I didn't prepare. Oh, well, that, but see, that that's exactly precisely what I'm talking about, you guys, is that reaction is so incredibly it's wonderful yeah. every actor wants to be in a position i mean it, it, to have somebody take the time to say oh my god i love your work and not only that but it it just makes me feel good sure and, and so i you know all of that and and my god the, the like we said the tick the mask i did a show my kid's favorite show that i did who's now 30 uh was mighty max i did this show called mighty max yeah I'm quite familiar and with Mighty Max. And I was Max, Max right? <laughs> you were Max? I was Max. But, I, but, but great people. We had Tim Curry was Skullmaster, and Richard Mall from Night Court was, oh, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, the, my, my protector. The late, great Tony Jay was Virgil, this big talking chicken. Incredible, really interesting show. And yeah. People died. Characters died in the show. Yeah. It was pretty intense for a mid-90s. I want to back up real quick. Sure. Because you just blew my mind with The Tick. The Tick was one of my all-time favorite shows. And it should be. That when you, show is brilliant. When you totally read, underrated. When, do they, first of all, when they do they give you the full script or do you just get your sides? for? No, we get the full on? script. When you read the first few scripts, were you like, this is... Oh, totally. I don't get this or this is genius. No, totally. Because, um, and you may remember, forgive me, I feel really stupid and I'll remember his name later, but the gentleman who created The Tick, he is one of the executive producers on... Um, uh, oh, God. What's the... Supernatural. Okay. Uh, ben Edlin. Okay. Ben Edlin. Um, at the time, he was like 22. 
really precocious young fella. You know? God, I hate him. And so I'm reading. Well, I'm I read the script, and there's an interesting story about that. I read the script, went and auditioned, and uh, as I as Greg said, I was Raphael in the original Ninja Turtles, and the guy who played Michelangelo, uh, Townsend Coleman, got the job to be. He's the Tick in the animated okay. series. So that the guy was Michelangelo is also the Tick. Well, Townie and I had obviously been working together for years on Turtles, and they said, hey, we really would like to hire you to be Arthur. And I said, great. The night before, uh, we were supposed to record the first episode. I got a phone call from our director, Sue Blue, who said um, they decided they want to put a celebrity talent in, as the voice of Arthur. And I thought, oh, shit. Well, it happens. You know, what are you yeah. going to do? But you'll be in it every episode, and you'll be coming back as, you know, they just you're not going to do Arthur. I said, okay. So they hired Mickey Dolenz of the Monkees. I don't know if you guys remember oh the Monkees. <laughs> Mickey Dolenz was the f- Arthur. <laughs> right? And, and, and my response, and, and my response in, inside my, my thought process, my little selfish brain was, Mickey Dolenz? I mean, I love the Monkees because when I was a kid, I used to watch that. But if you're going to hire a celebrity to draw people to the show, no offense, Right. Mickey Dolan? Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. you're not getting the, you're not getting the, the right. kids to watch. But of course, <laughs> hey, listen, I learned. My, I'm just grateful to work, and I still have that sort of Midwestern work ethic mindset. Where if you're gonna, you know, gonna bring me in to do this, are you kidding me? I, you want to talk to me? I'm grateful that I'll be there. Yeah. Um, so I said, all right, I'm gonna be a team player. No, and after the first 12 episodes, Mickey got a job where he had to go on the road, and then the producers came back and said, you know, we really feel bad about what happened and would you now do Arthur because we're going to do two more years of The Tick. Mm-hmm. And I said, I will, but you you have to promise me, and it's only a handshake, but you have to promise me that if Mickey comes back off the road from doing There's a Girl in My Soup or whatever he was doing, um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, that you still stick with me. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, I was a team player. I didn't get pissed off. And, yeah, sure. You know, but you start to own that character after right. a while, and it's like and they offensive. said, and they said, okay, and they did. So Mickey did the first twelve episodes, and I did the last twenty-four. Oh my god, that's but awesome. man, I'm telling you, when I read that stuff right off the bat, I thought this is so. It's wild, right? Out it there. was so weird. To, I mean, I, I, that's the show in my in my mind was brilliant, but oh, I don't think I don't know that it was necessarily a huge success just because I think no, that, I think it was a little ahead of its time, and it was on Comedy yeah, yeah. Central for a while. But the, the the other cast members, Maurice Lamarche, my friend, the brain who plays the brain, um, was. Uh, a, did a great character on that show, recurring character called the the Mad Bomber with bombs. Oh my night. god! The yeah, bomber. baby, yeah, yeah, baby, yeah. Oh, that's Maurice. Oh and my god! It's fantastic. It's just the whole episode. He just he puts bombs all over. Oh, it's genius. It's Sorry. genius. So thank you for no, but you're right. It was who played Chairface Chippendale? That's what I was. Oh, ask. um, that was um, oh, that was Cam Clark, who was oh no, he played uh, uh, Chairface Chippendale was I think Jess Harnell, who okay. was Wacko and on Animania. Oh shit. And the other one, um, the, the Fleeter Mouse. Yeah, that was Cam Clark, who was Leonardo on Ninja Turtles. Oh my god, it's so ridiculous! Like it must be, it must have been like it must be fun when oh. you you show up. I, I imagine that you probably don't record all together. You probably just go. Into well, your we lines. did in those days. Did you? Yeah, all the Turtles, Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, we were all together. And if you guys ever come to LA, um, like right now, the biggest thing I'm working on, which is a blast, is Turtles again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those sessions are freaking hoot. So if you guys want to come down, you're in town. You yeah. get to a session. Yeah. Yeah. We, you yeah. tell us when a session's happening. Oh, no. We'll just come Great actors Game over Greggy's show crossed with TMNT. Yeah. <laughs> and Zyrecast. Oh, it's, oh it's really fun. But yeah, being together in that room with those people. And I remember um, I came up with Tress McNeil last night um, to do a sketch fest here. And um, you know she was Babs Bunny and Dot and Gadget on uh, Rescue Rangers. <sighs> and you know just incredible. And she's the, you know, she plays mom on Futurama. She's the crazy cat lady amongst everything else on Simpsons. I mean, you look up Tress McNeil on IMDb, and it's like the Manhattan phone book, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
I remember being in sessions with Tress at Animaniacs and just looking at each other going, honey, take a picture of this because it does not get any better. I mean, that's like top. That's t- you guys Steven are like top Spielberg, talent, awesome. uh, both sides of the glass, 40-piece orchestra for every half hour's worth of music. So um, honestly, if Ninja Turtles changed my career, then Animaniacs kind of changed my life because all of a sudden you're working and you're hired specifically by Steven Spielberg to do this new golden age of animation at Warner Brothers, right? And um, and everybody won Emmys and Peabody's and and it was and it's still to this day thanks to folks like you and the fact that it's really good is that you know it 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 holds up <clears throat> twenty years later. Oh yeah, you can watch Animaniacs. Mm-hmm. It's not dated. It's not jaded. It's um it's really good and the music is timeless thanks to Randy Rogel and Richard Stone and Julian Steve Bernstein. These people all won a pile of Emmys and they should have and they're all still writing stuff. You know so yeah. it's. It's um that sort of takes you uh, <clears throat> up to up to now, but what's cool? Oh, in the middle, kind of. I was also Carl on Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Oh man, yeah. Tim's eyes can't get any wider. This is awesome. That's so weird, huh? The most important question I have is: so you were Raphael in the original Ninja Turtles? Yes. Did you do the Raphael voice in the theme song of the Ninja Turtles? No, and we didn't record the original theme song. <laughs> well, I know, but there's there's, there's one. He has one line. Yeah, yeah, give right. me a break. Give me a break. Was that you? That was not me. Mm, and, and, but you know who wrote that song? It was written by Chuck Lorre, who produces Three and a Half Men, really? Two and a Half Men, yeah, and and, uh, and um, Big Bang, right? Yeah. yeah. Chuck Lorre wrote that. He wrote it. Yeah, so because he, he needed the money. In those well, days, apparently he did. So <laughs> he made a ton of dough writing that thing. But I just did a podcast, um, uh, my podcast, um, the last one I did. Talking Tunes. Talking Available Tunes. now Thank everywhere. Podcast yeah. services. Thank you, buddy. Um, and I had Kevin Eastman on because Kevin, oh, yeah. you know, and so yeah. Kevin came on and he's just delightful and we're about the same age, you know, and of course the, the conversation went around to, um, we do it live at the Improv in Hollywood and we had a couple hundred people there and the question actually always comes up, did you have any idea and he just said what can i tell you me and peter laird were a couple of bong water drinking cats from <laughs> maine and new hampshire and we bo- they borrowed money from their rel- respective aunts and uncles and parents to, pr- to produce their first comic book which you know ultimately sold fifteen thousand copies which they freaked out because they could all of a sudden you know buy a piece of furniture right um or new milk cartons or milk crates right for their furniture and who knew that this was the 30th anniversary, 2014 was the 30th anniversary of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I'm on the latest iteration of the show, which has done incredibly well. And it's huge, again, arguably as big as it's ever been. It, you know, if you go to Toys R Us or yep, any place else, the everywhere. turtle, t- it's crazy. So to get a chance to do two versions of that show, you know, the original, which will always be cool, and then 20-odd years later, I get to do a new iteration, which is being produced by people your age who arguably get it better than anybody yeah. because they grew up, they know the mythology and they know the whole you know circumstance. So Ciro Nielli and Brandon Allman, who are producing it, are, um, are doing a hell of a job. And it's, it's just a gas to do it again. It's cool. So have you been working with them like the same core group i mean you could every time you talk about something maurice is a part of it oh, you know yeah. what i mean like it's like maurice and you seem attached to the hip when did that start and then has it just been is it because is this whole business just referrals like oh kind they cast of. you and they're like well who do you work well with and like, well, who have we seen it, you with you know when you're lucky enough to to work a lot um then 
producers will do that. It doesn't. I mean, I'm not a celebrity talent. You know, I mean, the, the characters and you guys are being very sweet, but the truth oh, is, shut the fuck up. Oh, no, no, this is no, the no, same listen. shit you pulled it up no, in no, me. You're like, oh, you no, guys are treating me like a celebrity. No, you're eating out of a cardboard box. Yeah, but we're, <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. The 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 characters are the, are the famous ones. I don't write them and I don't draw them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I certainly think I add an integral uh, component to the character. Sure. But I'm not an animator. I'm an actor. And so I get that it's the characters who are famous. I love the fact that people are starting to make a fuss over me. Anybody actor that says, I hate OMP, that's bullshit. We do this because, you know, you want to make an impact on somebody. And so it's incredibly flattering that people are paying attention to me and, and others who do this. But um, uh, so it, it, what's, what's really ironic is that if I were to spend two years on a sitcom being the next door goofy neighbor on Who's Cooking the Soup, and then went back to doing cartoons. No, but isn't that a great name? That's a great name. Write that down. Can we write Thursdays, who's Greg's back? Colin's got him. Thursdays on CBS. Who's cooking the soup? Are you cooking the soup? Are you cooking the soup today? You were cooking the soup today. Sponsored by Progresso. This is gonna be a thing right now. Yeah, totally. It's gonna be a meme. We have to cut these three guys out of it though. That's okay. They're dead weight. We don't need them. They're just yeah. Lose them. Lose the, lose the losers. We're Justice. definitely not cooking the soup. Uh, uh, but the thing, the, the truth is that if I were to all of a sudden become recognizable uh, to you know folks in the street and, and in Hollywood, they say, hey, you know that guy who's on Who's Cooking the Soup? He does really great voices. That guy's been doing cartoons. Let's hire him in our new big Pixar movie. So, uh, you, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm getting more and more gigs that are just given to me because sure. I've done it a lot. Um, but when it comes to a big show like a new Ninja Turtles, they're going to audition actors, and um, because it's a huge property for Viacom, who owns Nickelodeon and mm -hmm. Paramount and everything else. And hell, I remember getting a call back. Um, let me back up a little bit. I I, uh, I almost was a victim of my own ageism because I had been doing it for so long that my agent called and said, "Hey, they're going to audition for Ninja Turtles. Do you want to read?" And I said, "Well, yeah, but do they know who I am?" Not out of arrogance. But because I knew there had been several iterations of the show that had been done without any of the original cast members, right. and that's fine. A new producer owns the property. He wants to put his own stamp on it. I totally get that. Um, I just said, I don't want to get in there and say, oh, this, this old guy was Raphael. And, well, he's here. Let's throw him a bone, you know. And I, because I'm not famous, I mean physically, I'm not aware that people know who I am. Until they find out what I do, then they know who I am. Mm -hmm. So... My agent called back and said, are you kidding me? No, they know about Pinky. They're like you guys. They know about Raphael. They know about. They know you won an Emmy for the... They just think you'd be great for Donatello if you wouldn't mind reading. And I said, well, hell no, but I'm 54 years... I have no problem reading. I just want to make sure they know that... They don't give a shit how old you are. <laughs> yeah. It's your voice. Right? And yeah. it, it was it was hard for me to, to comprehend that um, because I'm living in this shell, right? Sure. No pun intended. Oh, that's a good one. Um, thank you. And uh, so I went in and read. But the thing that really got my attention was that when I read and had started getting callbacks, I thought, holy shit, I think I got a crack at this. And yeah. then on the second or third callback, I'll walk in a room and here's, you know, uh, Jason Bateman and Will Wheaton and all these other people who are, uh, you know, reading for uh, Ninja Turtles, uh, John Cryer. And I'm going, well, these guys don't need the dough. They just want to be on the freaking Turtles. Yeah. This is a cool, this is really cool. Mm -hmm. And I get a call. My agent said, how do you feel about doing Turtles again? I said, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> he said, nope, you're Donatello. And what an incredible thrill to do it again. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. And arguably, you could make the argument, I think, even if you, if you look at it objectively from, from the critical success, the vast majority of people 
who watch the show that, that who are your age. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kids, of course, love it too. Mm-hmm. But the kids, the, the folks your age, will say, you know, I didn't want to like this show because it's the truth, though. Right. But when you compare it to the original, it's one of those things. Obviously, I love the original. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, this one is legitimately good. Yeah. It's it not really just is. like oh, I was it's a little kid nostalgic. and I like these things. No, yeah, even my like... kid, my kid who's not afraid to you know cut me, he'll. <laughs> He'll call, he called me. He said, I'll watch a few of them, and then I'll let you know. And he said, you know what? This is unbelievably good. And it's because the people are your age who yep. are making it. They totally get it. And I know I've strayed a little bit about from my your original question. That's but, how the show goes. Don't I, worry. But the, um, you want to talk about the Dyson vacuum again? We'll talk about the Dyson vacuum well, again. Maurice, Maurice has a Dyson vacuum. How's that for a segue? <laughs> but no, Maurice, Maurice is one of those guys. There, there certainly is a group of, uh, a sort of core group of voice actors who, whom you find in, in most shows. Yeah. Billy West, DiMaggio, Tress, um, uh, Tara Strong, Maurice. Clancy Brown makes the rounds. Clancy. Too. Just an incredible... And we talked about him trying to get on your show and... and he never called he me He never back. did. I'm Thanks, sorry. Clancy. He's, now who's got 100,000 YouTube subs? That's right. Me. me. How many you got? Nothing. <laughs> Enjoy your Lex Luthor money. Fuck you. <laughs> he, he is He is a great guy. But he's in all those... No, two. he seems nice. He's on, he's he's on Turtles. He's not coming on the show now. Yeah. So that's awesome. Oh, he, you, just, you just shot yourself right... In oh, both feet. Yeah. If he couldn't roll with that joke, if he no, doesn't he's get that fun. He, he totally good. He's a great guy. But my God, we've got Roseanne has been on the show, and and uh, we've got Sean Astin is now Raphael. Uh, Seth Green is Leonardo. I'm uh, Donatello. Um, Greg Sipes is Mikey. Uh, uh, May Whitman is April. It's um it's great. But like you said, Maurice has been on the show. But Maurice won back to back Emmys for his work on Futurama. Right. His Mo is uh, uh, Morbo. And uh, uh, Kiff Croker, and um, so many other, you know, just but so yeah, you see all these actors, and the truth is, uh, it, and it's not because there's no room for anybody else, it's because you know it's like any other thing, um, they're kind of we're all utility players, right? And when a when a producer says, "Wow, I can call Maurice and get ten different voices out of this oh, guy, yeah. all of which will be fleshed out," Egon in Real Ghostbusters, right? Yeah, same thing. And um, Dave Coulier and all these great actors who will be Welker. It's it's not that it's impossible to break in. It's just that you've got all these people who can do it. Yeah, and, and but, I, I'd imagine also you have a cadence together. Yes, you, we do. We work so together much. like with Billy and DiMaggio and all that stuff, and and, and we all work together so well. Uh, but also, um, uh, there are new folks that come in. Like a few years ago, maybe ten years ago, D. Bradley Baker burst onto the oh, scene. Yeah. He is from another planet, man. And and uh, and Jeff Bennett before him. Jeff Bennett is just outrageous, you know. So there is room, at, and now we've got kids like Eric Bauza who have broken in, just doing really, really great work. Um, it's and also there's tons of work now because there's so much. Yeah, pro- a lot uh, more volume. I'm doing a new show, two new shows for Netflix that are being done by um, DreamWorks specifically for. They're doing 12 new animated shows of 78 or 80 episodes each. Specifically Jesus. for Netflix, and they just and Netflix just ordered that many. That's they chaos. got the cash, That's and awesome. th- it's it's they really get my cool. money every yeah. day month. And I'm working Danny Jacobs, who does the voice of uh, King Julian in um, uh, Penguins of Madagascar for mm-hmm. Nickelodeon. They're doing a King Julian show for Netflix, and he's just crazy good. Scripts are amazing. All the talent that we, you know that have been on TV and in the movies, and they're doing it just for Netflix. So. It's just a brave new world, and I'm so grateful because nobody, it's still, nobody cares what I look like. It's about, can you still do your, you know, can I still go, hello, nurse, and when I do that, you do that. It's true. You just start to That's smile. All that matters. It's all you fantastic. Also, you do have a great smile, though. Oh, thanks. I'm going to put that out there. Well, it's the best smile money can buy. I, I, uh, <laughs> I got these on eBay. 
<laughs> and if you, I staple them into my gums because they, they don't fit. Right, right. <laughs> well, you know. They nothing, were made perfect. originally for... Now, uh, now, Nick, you do your walking, and then no, I can't. The, the thing is, no, I'm, you, I'm you can't do it. To do a walking in front of people who do this, not professionally, but like on a different level, professionally. Well, there. The fact is that there is no reason that you can't join in the fun. I propose for all you guys here and those of you out there who want to see it that we do a new show called the Walking. Oh, we're de- we're gonna Dead. do. <laughs> <laughs> you waited. You you fucked up my pause. I did. The walking. Dead. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. I'm putting this out there on the table. Okay. We're gonna be. We're probably gonna be this table. Probably gonna be in LA sooner than this, but if not, for sure, probably for E3. Yeah. Right. Oh, good. Uh, That's in May, have, right? Uh, June. 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 Okay. We'll reach out to you beforehand. We'll probably knowing us, we'll give you about oh, we'll a day, get a whole a day bunch notice. Of actors I want to get everyone that's been on here that's done walking, and I want to do a walking off. I'd love to. And I just want you can't you can't bring another character in. You can't come in as yourself. Right. You got to come in as walking. Walkin'. You got to sit down as walking. And I'm gonna interview. I'm gonna I'm gonna I moderate a walking as walking. I'm gonna you got to walk in as walking. <laughs> and I want to try to get at least because we have three. You do a fantastic walking. You know your walking is. I, Sorry, who are you going to No, say? mine's, I think, a little older, a little, a younger walk. Yours is a younger walk. Yeah. I was going to say that because, and that's what, and that's what it was. I think it was Kevin Pollack who said, you have to pick, or was it Kevin or was it uh, Troy? Troy who, said it, but he was quoting somebody else. I think he was quoting Kevin who said, uh, Kevin Pollack, of course, yeah. is like, excellent. Excellent. And he's walk-in. a very close friend of Maurice's. He and, he and Mo are good buddies. Um, he says you have to pick your era of right. walking, right? right? Yours is very, very much, uh, deer hunter like, version. Yeah, deer hunter. Yeah. I was going to say, right, right deer hunter, uh, blue velvet. The way, the way that uh, my, my voice is. Positioned in my throat makes me a younger Hoffa. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the right. But Troy ba- Baker's. Do you know Troy? Baker? Oh, I know him very yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. Troy's is now. Like yeah. It is current. It is pauses where he just loses himself for a second yeah. and then comes right back to it on a totally different tangent. It's crazy. Um, and then Michael Rosenbaum does. Oh a yeah. Fantastic walking. Yeah. So those even are, Nolan North out. He doesn't. Amazing <laughs> Nolan does a great one. Nolan, Jeff good. Bennett, Jess Harnell uh, does a great. He does the good walking, like the oh, Captain so Hook walking. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> that's my walking. You know what I told those guys? I, I told them the show was a crock. Yeah. That's the only walking I do. Me. My my era of walking is uh, just that two hour period where he had the bad wig, yeah. the hook. Ask Peter why just, he's so young for us. Peter, why, why are you so young? <laughs> <laughs> what's what's with those thighs? <laughs> The viral. Ah. Now say it's fine. It's fine, Peter. <laughs> hey, you giving me goosebumps? That's pretty good. The way that you ax him, ax him. Why is he so young? Very good. All right, we're doing very this. good, buddy. We're doing right, this. The walking office happening. Uh, kind of I love how Christopher Walken has become a seminal part of this. Totally, show. <laughs> like a seminal and central part of what we do is Christopher Walken. I don't think you realize how much Christopher Walken has influenced your life. Oh I think my god! Do, I think I realize. I think exactly you need to go home and you need to you need to shut a door and you need to think about Christopher Walken. Yeah. How much he means. Spend some time. I, I am home. It's <laughs> <laughs> my house. But the cameras, the cameras in the my doorway. House. We can't shut it. So this right. is where I live. Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> Rob, yeah. What's your topic? What have you brought to the show? Today? You know, my topic, and I don't mean to be a big turd in a punch bowl, but here I go. I, I uh, having been around a little bit um, now, uh, I, I read a great quote many years ago that I think is true to some extent, and 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 I'll explain why. And it's not meant to be a uh, 
uh, an admonishment or um, sort of a, a fight picker quote. But I read a quote years ago from Winston Churchill that said, show me a man who's 20 and not a liberal, and I'll show you a man with no heart. Show me a man who's 40 and not a conservative, and I'll show you a man with no brain. Now, uh, what he, and, and mind you, the context in which that quote was made was probably in the th late 30s, okay? But I am probably now, as an older person, I'm very socially liberal mm. and financially conservative. Mm -hmm. I think it's because it's, you know, I earn my living and I pay a lot of taxes. What my topic is, I get, oh my God. And I think it's because that people can say things on net, on um, the web or Facebook or or Twitter with complete impunity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they start to pick fights when, if you say, they'll say things like, you know, Barack Obama's the Antichrist or George Bush, that fucking Nazi. Well, the problem with that is that you, in my view, you automatically lose your place at the table of rational thought, sure. right? So that you can't, you know, it's like, dude, your ideology is showing. So what happens is you become such an ideologue that, or not you, one becomes such an ideologue that it it, it sort of inures you to whatever facts are available. Mm. So that whether you, you know, so if you read the, the LA Times or the San Francisco Chronicle and you watch MSNBC and Fox News and CNN and whatever to make yourself, I mean, as, you know, as knowledgeable as you can about a subject and then have a, a debate or a discussion, even a contentious debate in which it gets heated. But the moment you cross over into ad hominem, you know what? You're, you're just a Republican asshole or you, you're just one of those other fucking bleeding heart liberals who doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. Well, then there's no discussion. Right. And that kind of stuff drives me nuts because it, I know great people on both sides of the spectrum. And I would bet that most people who take that tack, that attack, mm -hmm. tact, tack, right? Um, He's having a stroke. Right, I know. That's right. Excuse me, Garcon. Could I have a seizure salad? Um, but um, that's why I make the big dough, baby. But no, the point is that when that happens, you just go, you know, with all due respect to people who live in L.A. like me or San Francisco or New York or, or Miami, you know, the bastions of, of a lot of liberalism, there's a huge part of the country between the coasts. Yeah. Many who, of whom are really decent, lovely people. And, you know, my kid, the other day we were talking about, um, oh, God, I can't believe that we still can't pass gay marriage in the state of California. I said, buddy, it, it'll happen. It, it'll happen. Now, I don't want the courts to do it. I'm one of those guys that says, I voted. I, I voted against, you know, the measure that would prohibit gay marriage. Because my, my brother is gay. I, I have a very unique perspective as well. My brother is gay. I love him more than my own life. And my son is engaged to a beautiful woman from Nigeria whose parents are Muslim. So mm -hmm. I'm in a really unique position. And I was born and raised in Michigan. Yeah. Okay, so I'm a Midwestern boy. Melting pot. Right, with, a, with a, uh, a, a son whom I adore, who's married to a woman of color, or is going to be, and her parents are from Nigeria, and she's Muslim. And my brother's gay. So You got I'm, the whole spectrum. I got the whole spectrum. Really so when do. I see people on both sides of the issue who start to name call, I mean out of the gate, then... You, it's impossible to have a cogent, thoughtful discussion, which I think then, in my humble view, leads to what you end up having in, in you know, Washington, is you just have yeah. gridlock. Um, and 
and I understand that politics is a blood sport. I understand there's a lot of money involved. I totally get that. But from a grassroots level in which people try to discuss issues at the coffee shop, on camera, with your buddies, it just, you kind of cut off your nose to spite your face with all these right. really great people. I know wonderful people who are dedicated, dedicated, deeply rooted Christian people who don't give a damn about whether or not you want to marry your boyfriend. Are, are you a decent person that mm -hmm. wants to help further the country. And I also know people on the left who are complete atheists, but they would they would have no interest in hurting anybody. It just isn't their 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 life isn't a religious bent. But they don't name call and and pigeonhole people with uh, with respect to their political persuasion. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of stuff that drives me nuts, man. So I don't mean like I said I don't mean to be a big Downer. No, you've, you've, no brought it to, you've brought a great topic to the table that <clears throat> is definitely... Uh, Colin Moriarty always over here. Yeah. The living example of everything you're talking about in the good side, the positive side. Uh, Only. Colin cool. is the exact... He's <laughs> just like you. Yeah. Uh, socially liberal, conservative when yeah. it comes to money and everything else and policy. And so that when he... Sexually when I, evocative. Sexually evocative, of course. Very. Right. Yeah. Champion in the bedroom. Yeah. You know what? If I were younger... I would be all over you like white on rice. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I appreciate that. I'd like what? to have a little snow job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Not to do the old, the, uh, the old callback to the last topic, but <laughs> when you saw snow job, were you like, I can, I can own this or this one's going to be one that haunts me for the rest of my life? No, I just was glad to be working. Dude, I was 28 years old, 29 years old. So I was going, oh my God, I'm going to be working in cartoons. And I, you know what was the cool thing? Not to, to deviate too much, but when when I first, when I saw my first action figure, which mm -hmm. was oh, yeah. Snow Jam, yeah. that to like a, a, a little boy mm -hmm. is bitching. Yeah, and I have that one. Oh, I do too. Yeah. And, and <laughs> people send them to me. It's like, do you ever see this, Mr. Paulson? Yeah. yeah I, I got a room full of those right yeah. now. I signed the job wall. Oh, my God. No, it's That's the greatest. You can't see because the wall's white. It's, and yeah. <laughs> it's just a little red mustache. It's just, it's just so so you, you, are, you are kind of socially liberal and, and fiscally. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I'm, you know, I'm a Republican. Like, yeah. I say that uh, through and through. And right. every, people out there know that or whatever. Um, I just consider myself a real Republican. What we always talk about is, you know. Limited government. Yeah, limited right. government. And to me, we've talked about this many times in, in on our other shows and stuff, but I consider myself very consistent. Mm -hmm. So the consistent Republican stance to me is actually pro-gay marriage because it's the government not telling you what to Tell do. What, in your bedroom. Uh, right. It's the same reason why they shouldn't be, t you know, I, I believe in no income tax. Right. Like, so I'm, I'm very libertarian yeah. in a sense too, but. Like you're like Alexis de Tocqueville in that respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, I love Alexis de Tocqueville. Yeah. Uh, so do so Tim and I. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote, <laughs> Alexis de Tocqueville was a, a French writer that yeah. came to the United States and was one of the first people to write about the United States after the revolution mm -hmm. to explain what the hell was going on here to the rest gotcha. of the world. Um, and uh, so, you know, uh, to me, it's all about consistency. Right. And that's basically it. So the consistent view of a Republican should be out of your business. That means out of your bedroom. That means out of your wallet. Right. That means, like, out of your church. That means all of that kind of right. stuff. Like. The thing I always say, because I agree with you, that the internet's very hostile to people like me. Oh my um, goodness! And, and particularly people like you. If you're a young guy and you live in San Francisco, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you have and you have your constitutional tattoos right. you got, all right. you got a people. How can you not? What? What are you? You fucking fascist? And I go, fascist. Do you, and that's Do you the even thing. know what a fascist? Do you know what fascism means? is? And what that does to me is, forgive me for it. No, interrupting, it's okay. You're not but interrupting. what that does to me is, as a person who is. Old enough, my parents were around for the Second World War, all right? So they really were, to a large extent, the greatest generation. Those people literally, and I get goosebumps, they literally saved the world. They saved the world. Yeah. 
from fascism and Nazism. So when I have firsthand knowledge of people who are around who say, here's what happened, you know, then you kind of want to go, you, you, you really dilute your argument to the extent you have one when you resort to ad hominem attacks and you use terms like fascism, Nazism to describe any American president. Mm -hmm. I don't care what your political persuasion is, but if I, wa if, if, if I voted on both sides of the aisle, depending, I'm a, I'm a registered independent. Yeah, me too. Okay, but the last time I, I remember walking in front of a, a post office, I saw a guy who had a picture of, uh, of uh, Barack and Stalin and Hitler. You know, uh, uh, the, the, the inference was that these, you know, if you want to vote for Barack Obama, yeah. here's what you're gonna get. And I said to him, I said, look, man, I'm not really crazy about Barry's policies either. Uh, and, but elections have consequences. And he was voted and he won. And I'm not one of those guys who says, you're not my president. I'm an American. I right. want him to help the country. If he doesn't, he's out. And I will vote against him next time. But the, to the extent you have a cogent argument, what you're doing is not helping because mm -hmm. you're comparing an American president to people who are responsible for the deaths of hundreds of millions of their own people. Yeah. And I don't recall any American president or any American politician you know, uh, promoting genocide against Americans. So, you know, that's like, let's have a discussion, not a pissing contest. So God bless you. That's yeah. incredible that you have the, 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 the courage of your conviction. Oh yeah, I, I mean, anyone out there that knows me, knows me for a long time, knows that I don't give a flying fuck when anyone thinks about, like, about, the, things, about yeah. the things that, you know, I say, I say what I say and that's it. I mean, my Twitter account is no taxation. Right. My picture is the Gatson flag. So yeah. it's like, you know, but you see, the thing you brought up, you brought up Alexis de Tocqueville, so you obviously know your history. I, I know my history too. I studied it, and it's my greatest love. More yeah. than video games, more than anything. More than me. And more than even Greg. Oh, oh man. God. And Not more than Snow Job. You know, well, that's a different story. Snow Job, American <laughs> history, Greg Miller. Yo, Joe. <laughs> but uh, oh my god. How about that? Oh my god. He's starting to perspire. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose my mind. Uh, but it, I think understanding politics and being able to talk cogently about politics yeah. really does require historical knowledge yep. and political historical knowledge especially so i agree with you when people bring up nazism for instance oh. um you, you have to be crazy to compare anything in this world really with the exception of a few things maybe going on in certain and, countries right to now, nazism yes, right. yeah especially in the united states and then stalin of course oh. who purged you know hundreds of thousands millions even of his own people yeah and sent them to siberia because they were political adversaries right. These things only really go on in like North Korea and certain other countries yeah. today. So to be able to, to be able to argue rationally about these things, you can't just throw terms around like that. See, the thing that I really, I'm really proud of is that no one can put me in a box. Right. You know, it's like I don't believe nobody in God. Puts, puts right. I don't like, like, like I, you know, like all these things that Republicans like, like they, they're, oh, you're a Republican. It's so like, you must be a God fearing right wing motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, no, God. like I'm, a, and they're like, well, why are you a Republican? I'm like, because I agree with the important parts of that platform, yeah. and to me, the important parts of the platform are not the social issues. Right. When younger people like us take over the Republican Party, which is already happening, my, my girlfriend and I were watching um, after the State of the Union, MSNBC, mm -hmm. there's a guy in suburban Chicago, or, you know, like in the suburbs of Chicago who was elected to the House, who's like 31 years old, a Republican dude, mm -hmm. who's like total, and I'm like, this is the future. Like, the he's, future. He's, he's like, I just stay out of my pocket. I don't care what you do in your bedroom. Yeah. Who gives a shit? 
Right. You know, and like that's the that's, and, the, that's the platform yeah. that will win every time, and it that's will. What I just I can't that, believe why people fight it so hard. Well, and I think I think you guys, you're right. There are a lot of younger, like my kid. My kid is 30, and you know, he's a pretty liberal guy and all that. But he's he he doesn't. Well, I shouldn't say he doesn't. He's starting to understand that what he is is socially liberal. Yeah, and uh, because you know, I'm in show business. I've got lots of gay and lesbian friends, and that meant nothing to me. It really, truly was about, like MLK said, about the content of their character. Mm. So uh, when I hear people making remarks, and uh, you know, on uh, when I hear people like like Harry Belafonte referring to Condoleezza Rice as the slave master's bitch for her political, this is a woman who came from nothing and rose to be the Secretary of State. She's now a full professor at State. She can do whatever she wants, yeah. but. But because of her political persuasion and because she doesn't toe the line with respect to the large voting block of, of African-Americans, Harry Belafonte and, you know, Al Sharpton and guys that are supposed leaders, um, um, Julian Bond, will refer to them as, yeah, well, you know, what's his name? Um, um, uh, Colin Powell. Yeah, he's, he's uh, oh, all he is is George Bush's house nigger. That's vile yeah. talk. That is not discussing saying, I don't like their policies. Here's why. Here's why, if you're interested in what I have to say, vote against these people, or don't. But that's everyone's just, looking for a soundbite. Right, they're looking like, for right? a soundbite that is so angry and so and and it's the same thing with people on the on the hard hard right. But what happens to me when when people take our circumstance and and like the other day I made some remark about about um uh you know my my heart really goes out to those to the the people in in France at. Uh, Charlie, um, you know, uh, Hebdo. Hebdo. Yeah. I, I said, you know, I, I, any, any prophet, small p in quotes, and that was meant to, but any prophet who engenders this type of vitriol or angry response on their behalf can kiss my First Amendment loving ass. Realizing that nobody's going to probably put a, put a fatwa on my head. Who knows? I'll walk outside. But the first thing that happened was people saying, oh, see, now you're comparing Muslims to... No, that's not what I said. I said that these are bad people. And we talked about Stalin, um, Mao, Hitler. The vast majority of Germans were not Nazis. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of Chinese people were not were not interested in, in the executions that Mao Zedong... You know, the... Um, uh, the vast majority of Russians were not Stalinists, like you said, his own people, right? But the the majority, and, and the vast majority of Muslims are not, so far as we know, interested in killing people for their religious uh, ideology. However, in circumstances like we have in the world now, in parts of the, of the world, the peaceful majority is irrelevant. So to to say, well, most of them are nice, of course they are, and my, my in-laws are Muslim, they don't want to kill anybody. But we have to be aware of the fact that, that there are people who, who just will execute children, you, get, you know, because they can't recite an... Uh, uh, uh. So anyway, my point is with all this stuff, they start to, you know, folks who get down that, that angry road will start to compare the United States foreign policy with, well, you know, look, look how we're imperialist pigs and look what we've done. You know, I'm a, I'm a patriotic guy. And yeah, everybody's made mistakes, but you kind of want to go... With guys like Bill Gates in the world, who inoculate children to the tune of a billion dollars a year, and Jonas Salk, who gave the world the polio vaccine, and my parents' generation, who went over and stopped Hitler, you go to Eastern Europe and talk to people who are my age, who were around when you know the Iron Curtain was still around, and and 
and a lot of them have great respect for the United States. So by and large, when it all shakes down and you're a student of history, it's been a pretty good force for good by and large, you know. But to compare, like you said, any Americans, politicians with all these despots makes me crazy. Yeah, it's weird. Like the, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people might not know. I mean, just just to illustrate, further illustrate the point of the Nazis, and we went over there in '44, obviously, and we took them out, but with the help of the Soviets. Yeah. But the, the Germans were so the Germans were so afraid of the Soviets that they would run towards the Western Front so that they wouldn't get so they knew they were going to get captured. Yeah. They didn't want to get captured by the Russians. Yeah. Um, so that says a lot about Americans and the, and the way even Europeans looked at us in the 40s, yeah. that they looked at us as liberators and that they knew that we weren't going to fuck with them. Right. You know, and that they didn't know what the Soviets were going to do. And obviously the Soviets built a wall and yeah. then had the iron, you know, both literally and figuratively. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Like, I, I don't want, you know, like like calling Obama a Bolshevik or something Jesus. like that. It's like, it's like, do you know what Bolshevism it's, is? It is, right. And like how violent and terrible it was and how many people died because oh of Bolsheviks. Oh, my God. Like, th- that's, that's the kind of thing that I don't, I don't. I don't like people throw around words that they don't understand, and the and they don't because a lot of people just don't like history, and, don't, and that's and that's they fine, don't want to take talk, the time. Yeah, and d- just don't talk about it because yeah. you're embarrassing yourself. But the major thing that I I like about the way I approach it, and it seems like the way you approach it, is just that you can't put me in a box. I am who I am. I stick with the Republican Party because I think we can change it, and it's slowly right. going to become the Libertarian Party, and it already is right. becoming that. It's very obvious. Oh, I voted for Harry at, Brown. I, yeah, totally. But, and look, yeah. at, look at like uh, the rise of someone like Rand Paul. Rand Paul. Like, like, who's not even really a Republican, who's very Libertarian, who yeah. goes to somewhere like Berkeley and gets a standing ovation. How about that? How you about know, that? from yeah. the people that he's talking to there, which is unheard of. Unheard of. You know, and, for and, a Republican to go and, into something yeah, like that. Yeah, and the fact, and there are more and more people, you know, doing that. But the thing is that I, I totally agree with you. I have no desire, even if I disagree with Barack's policies. He's not a Bolshevik. He's not the Antichrist. He's not a Nazi. He's not a. He's not a. You know, the People's Republic of Chicago. You, you know, and he's not a Muslim extremist. Right, not a Muslim extremist. And, and he was born in Hawaii. He was born in Hawaii. Give it a break, Jesus Christ! You know, Colin, are you familiar with Thomas Paine? Oh yeah. yeah. There's a great quote. I don't know how I came across this. I don't know if you have you heard this one. Uh, I yeah, guarantee he's it. heard it. Probably. Is it from uh, Common Sense? It, that was his most famous and and the Federalist Papers. He from... says to, to argue with a man who has renounced the use and authority of reason, and whose uh, philosophy consists in holding humanity in contempt, is like administering medicine to the dead or endeavoring to convert an atheist by scripture. I love that quote. I don't that's know. How, I, I, don't think know how I think that's from Common that. Sense, which he is wrote. And I mean, that was you know he wrote in the mid 1770s, which was basically. Thomas Paine died penniless and stuff like that, but during the the you know the beginning of the revolution, post Tea Party, but really before or around Bunker Hill and stuff like that, um, you know he was like the 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 writer of the revolution. Yeah, he was like he was the one who was inspiring. Well, and, everyone. and and it's really something. I mean, when when you studied it, and I go back. I, this is so it's great about this technology. A few years back, I bought an app called uh, U.S. Documents, whatever. It was a dollar, and it's every document germane to. Democracy, starting with the Magna Carta to Barack Obama's most recent really? everything. everything. Wow! I mean, Yankee Doodle Dandy is on there. The Constitution, the the um, Constitution of the First Iroquois Nation, the Mayflower Compact, everything that's been germane to our republic, um, and including the Magna Carta, which of course is what our democracy is based on, right? But fascinating stuff. And when you read George Washington's first inaugural acceptance speech, oh my God! It's unbelievable. I mean, I don't even know what courage is compared to what these guys and and women did. And what you know, the the you do, and and we all have a general idea. But when you read what these people wrote, I mean, they really were literally saying, I, "I'm gonna die. I will die for this. Fuck you, people. 
This is no way to live. We are, we are not, you know, and so at the beginning when they see we, uh, we are endowed by our creator. They don't say God. They say our creator, you know, with certain inalienable Yeah, rights, a, lot, right? a lot of these men were deists. They weren't right. even Christians. They, were, they weren't even Christians. They were deists. There were Christians, a lot of them, but there was a lot of deists. Right. Classical but, liberalism is right. deists. But, but the, the fact is that they, they were like, whatever it is that put us here, we are born with these certain rights. And the king of England, nor anybody else, can, can usurp those from us. And we're willing to, to die. Everything. And... And they weren't always the most popular. There were a lot of Tories that were, you know, kind of going, wait, 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 wait. before you start going down this road, the Brits, you know, they got a lot of money and they're, you know, supporting us. So we pay a little extra tea tax. But luckily, our guys, you know, so, but it's, it's incredible to hear them. And when you read Patrick Henry's, the whole Patrick Henry's speech. Mm-hmm. Give me liberty. Yeah. That, the last bit, of course, is I know now, of course, others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. I mean, it gives me goosebumps, but the whole thing is like that. Where he just, you can see him standing up at the, at, you know, in, in Philadelphia going, I don't think you motherfuckers get it. <laughs> you know? What's your story? What's your story? Are you willing to, to, to give up your plowshares? Are you, are you willing to do this? Because if we're going to do this or we're not. And I don't give a shit what the rest of you say, but if we don't do this, I just assume be dead. And it's impassionate. It's really, and, and you can find this stuff. So then, at least if you decide to make an argument against certain things or pro-certain things, you're relatively, you know, you don't just say, yeah, you're a Bolshevik or you're a fascist. I feel like, you yeah. know, I feel like also just to kind of bring it bring it back to just people making ridiculous statements and ridiculous comments, is that is a sign of our times, right? That yeah. is a sign of like, I want to be heard. I don't know how to, I don't have the time or I don't have the, the, the sort of pulpit or the or the outlet to be heard. So I'm going to scream the most offensive statement I possibly right. can into the ethos and hopefully right. someone acknowledges me. Right. And and that's that's sad. It is sad. And I don't care whether it's, you know, of course it's disgusting when the Westboro Baptist Church says, well, you know, God hates fags and all that. Of course. They're stupid. They're useless people. And the more that we pay attention to them, the more... The more power we give them. Of course. Yeah. They're assholes. We We have a country in which it's not against the law to be an asshole. Thank God, America. Right? I mean, <laughs> that's what we put on. I mean, that's that's the perfect thing, though. Is that there, there there should be no limitations to those things. Unfortunately, you being offended, for instance, is not really a, a constitutional issue. It isn't, and I, you know, it's not against the law to be offensive. It's against the law to be hurtful and right. and um, um, uh, slanderous. Yeah, we have those laws on the book, and you know, I, when I when when my brother and uh, when uh, whom I, I love my brother, I'm so proud of him. For many reasons, not just because he's, you know, was a, a gay kid growing up in Flint, Michigan. God help help him. That's not popping off. That's oh, not popping off. Man, <laughs> holy <laughs> smoke! But when he discusses his, who he is, the fact that he's gay is about fifth or sixth on, you know, on the what defines him. Yeah, and I think a lot of most people are like that, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, forgive me, I, but thank you for allowing me to vent my spleen. I no, I wanted it. to. No, uh, the, I always come away from when we have these when we go down this road with everybody. How do we fix it? Yeah. We have the spectrum, right, where like even the cable news are against each other and talking shit on each other and the president or the Congress or whatever. What's the way to fix it, Colin? What's the way to fix it, Rob? I don't know. I mean, to me, I, I always thought, I mean, it's interesting you brought up the revolutionaries because there was a lot of disagreement between the yeah. revolutionaries and, and a lot of them didn't like each other. And, and a lot of those, I mean, even with Jefferson and Adams, that yeah. feud went on for decades and they didn't really repair them their, their feud until the 1820s. So it's a long way after the Treaty of Paris was signed. And I think that a lot of the things that have to happen is that these guys were deliberate, right? Like these, the, the reason that most, like if you took a list of 25 most important Americans, 20 of them are from that era mm-hmm. because they, not only were we blessed in this country or in the colonies to have 
a group of very smart men alive at the same time, which is very serendipitous. Um, but that they were passionate and deliberate in the things that they said and the way they, they felt. I, to, to your point, what we don't have today is and there's no stakes, really. Right. So, mm-hmm. like, people don't understand that they were all going to die. die. You know, and, like, willing, like, and willingly, like, and if the British got like, people don't really appreciate that. They really have to think about it. If the British got their hands on them, they were fucking finished. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's what Benjamin Franklin said. We will all hang together or right. we will all hang separately. Right. You know, and that like they were in Philadelphia in the capital, which was the capital at the right. time. And the, the Tories were in New York City. They were only 100 miles away and they can get captured at any time. They didn't yeah. know who to trust. They didn't know like anything. And they won against all odds, huh. you know, and. They they put their you know John Hancock, for instance, who signed his name yeah. big enough so that the King of England can see his name or whatever. That he was, was on purpose. Dick- yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. and he was a huge dickhead, yeah. right? But he also he also owned one five hundredth of the wealth of the entire yeah. thirteen colonies. One five hundredth. Yeah, it's a ton of money. Yeah, and he put it all on the line. Yeah, you know, and all these guys were wealthy. There was very few like you know just normal people. They were people with a lot to lose, and there were people with a lot to gain. To be honest, right. too. I mean, this is a very much Howard Zinn would argue this that they were. Part of the revolution was to protect their own wealth, and that could be that could that that's an argument. That's an interesting argument. Very that's interesting awesome, historical America. argument. <laughs> yeah, but I, but, but I think it is an interesting argument. But I don't think that I I think you can still make the argument that it was not the the main. Thrust. No, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I I don't think so. I love Howard Zinn, but I don't agree with the the super very liberal historical revisionist historical thing that yeah. the, the revolutionaries were very selfish. I don't I don't see it that way. Nonetheless, they risked everything, yeah. and. There today, when you're on Twitter in 2015, and you're yeah, like, not, oh, you got and, no skin in the game. Yeah, Barack Obama's a, a Bolshevik. You know, well, what the hell are you going to lose yeah. about? Like, what people don't realize Great is that they're point, slowly Colin. is that they're slowly whittling away because we can't get a coherent group Consensus. together yeah. because of the nature of the country, and that is the nature of the democracy that was intentional. You know, was yeah. the republic was built to make sure that's why the Senate's there to make right. sure things are glacial, right? So that nothing bad happens, right? And if, until we can get until we can get it in a common ground, and, and like to what Rob was saying, where the other side isn't bad. Yeah. The other side just doesn't agree. And in fact, what are the things that we can agree on? Who the hell wants to pay more taxes? That's right. weird. That's yeah. a weird thing. Yeah. So maybe we can, so maybe we can, you know, we all care about our families. We all care about, you know, something like the space program or something like start right. small right. And, and work your way up bigger and put some skin in the game and risk something. Right. Because there is no risk like the revolutionaries had. There is no risk like Abraham Lincoln or FDR that's why they're great. That's right. why there are no great men today. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That's a great point. And, you know, George Bush wasn't a great man. Barack Obama is not a great man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, who's going to be the next great man or woman? Or woman. That's going to come up and say, enough already. Right. With the vitriol, like, we, we are, the empire is falling right. apart. Right. Well, that's, you know? what, yeah. like, well said. Here, here. I mean, that was beautiful. Sounds like Colin's a great man. No, you should. <laughs> and, well, that's what would be, and, and part of it is because of this ad hominem vitriol. Because you know, I, I, I think I'm I'm kept I brought brought her up once before. But Condoleezza Rice is a brilliant woman. She's a f- courageous woman. She's a woman who knows what it's like to have zero. She grew up in the Jim Crow South. Her mother, you know, was a washed floors, and now she's like a concert pianist and a Stanford. Uh, but why would anybody, once you've been down that road, if let's say she was interested in in running, um, or being involved? And she knew that she was going to be subjected to. Sure. She would go. And, you know, if I were your age and I was driven and all this, there'd be a part of me if I were married. Not Do I really want to have somebody yeah, pulling that with yeah, me yeah. and drag my kids through the mud and all of that because their father's a fascist or their father's a Bolshevik? 
Oh my God. So that's part of what happens is because, you, you, you know, it, and, and it does take a lot of money to run. And, you know, you can say, well, I've already got $100 million. Do I really, 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 really want to be president? Do I need that, I yeah. may be the right guy. Screw it. I'm going to live in the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't know about, anyone would subject themselves yeah. to it either. I mean, Colin, I, I, is Mitt Romney coming back? Is he going to yeah, run for a third? And, and I, and I, How do you feel about that? I'm fine with him. I mean, let's be honest. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really honest. This is my opinion. Mitt Romney was completely robbed of that election in 2012. Mm -hmm. And it was because of a biased media. And I'll say that over and over and over and over again. They did everything they possibly could to sandbag him. What's the evidence of that? After the first debate when he destroyed Obama, yeah. everyone was surprised that he was a person and not the caricature that they made for a year in the mainstream media or whatever. Right. So... I'm interested to see what like he should. All things being equal, he should have won. And he should have won easily. But because of the because of the the, the narrative, yeah. and I'm not saying that because the same thing happened to John Kerry. So it is not a yeah. partisan Republican thing. Like the, the, they swift boated their shit out of him. Yeah. In 2004, and he lost. Right. You know, and you know, obviously the the courts stole Gore's election in 2000. So, um, you know, it's not a partisan thing because I'm a Republican. I feel the way. I just I, objectively, as a student of politics and history, that was a clear as the day is long. But I'm a Chris Christie guy personally. Okay. And you I, love bridges. I love bridges. I like. I'm a Northeast Republican, and <laughs> so is he. I'm a Rockefeller that. Republican. I'm yeah. an old school Republican. Okay. Yeah. And and I like he's. I like someone like that. Now yeah. he's pro life and all that kind of stuff, and that's fine. I don't. I re actually respect that position very much. But I'm pro choice, and that's fine because again, that's Same not way. the issue that matters no, it to me. I'm not like, a one-issue guy. No. And, you know, you can have people argue Roe v. Wade forever. And look what's going to happen. If Mitt Romney goes in, Roe v. Wade... Oh, for God's sake. Are you kidding me? He's not a, he's really not, think he's not a dictator. It's a constitutional <laughs> amendment. There's no fucking way Mitt's going to go... He can't via uh, uh, presidential fiat or by, via presidential with a swift... He can't undo the Constitution. Just say that's right. over with. You know, if, if, the, if the worst that happens, if somebody becomes a states' rights issue or whatever, you know... I, Please don't let that be the reason you don't like somebody, right. you know, but so many people are, are so myopic about this crazy stuff and they don't know how an amendment works or how the constitution works. And you don't have to be a constitutional scholar to know how it works. That's what's so crazy is that Colin's point is that you don't have to go to school for the next five years to figure out how to make your case. Just don't be an idiot. Right. <laughs> You know, just that's how we solve it. Don't it be seems. an idiot. Yeah, oh, just, just well, try that, to speak from the most intelligent standpoint possible. Right. Well, that's, why, that's, why, that's why there are fewer. You know, there there are so few amendments, ten of which were passed right away. So yeah. it's like it's very hard to very pass hard to pass and, one and and know, to and not, to undo one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We had we had, we did undo a couple, and and it's you know specifically prohibition, I guess. But it's like, you know, to me. So to answer your question, Greg, it's simple. Like. Put some skin in the game. Try to figure out a, a, a solution to certain problems. Tackle things one at a time, I think, too. But stop with the vitriol and the hatred because, you know, a lot of people out there, I appreciate, you know, the internet can be a tough place for a lot of people. I don't think that in this particular way people appreciate how difficult it is for someone like me oh, because man. I don't toe the line. I'm in a liberal, I'm in a very liberal city oh. and a very liberal industry. And I don't care. Yeah. I really don't You're give a, a shit. courageous man. You know? It's difficult. And and I've gotten where I've gotten not caring. Yeah. I know I could have... I have 92,000 Twitter followers. I'm very thankful for that, right? Fucking very, number dropper I'm, over here. No, but listen. But, 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 like, I'm, I'm just fucking... I'm sorry. But when Mitt Romney was running and I was po posting about, you know, how I like Mitt Romney and I really oh. enjoyed him, whatever, I lost thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands of followers and it didn't stop me because I don't care. Right. And... It's so, gotta be you. So to me, it's, you know, we have to figure it out, like... Twitter can be an embarrassing place, and the internet can be an embarrassing place. There are so many Twitter feeds I go to just to look at to see how embarrassing it got. Oh, you know, Jesus. because of these people that just shout and yell, and it could be any people in the industry, writers, politicians, whatever, that have no interest in dialogue or discourse, not understanding that because of the split 
50-50 split, which is not going anywhere in this country between right. Republican and Democrat, with a very small middle ground that, that sways every election. Right. That it's never going to change. There's always going to be 40 or 45% Republican and 40 45% Democrat. So learn how to work together. Yeah. You know? Who passed the, the, uh, the highway bill? A Republican. That would never happen today when Eisenhower did that. that Who is passed huge... the Voting Rights Act of 1964? Yeah. It, 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 I mean, all that kind of stuff was, you know, in 64, when, when Johnson was, you know, president... You know, there was all these kinds of things, you know, working with a Republican Congress in many in many respects, you know, and you can you can go down that stupid rabbit yeah. hole that people want to go yeah. down. It's like, oh, oh, you're a Republican, blah, blah, blah. You mean other oh, but you're a Democrat, the party of the slave owners. Right. Like right. I could I could. That's I why could they call say, them Dixiecrats. Yeah, exactly. And I so you can go down. George that Wallace. Oh, my God. Come on. But why? Yeah. The parties of here changed. and now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, I totally I can understand. Win that, I can win that fight, Every especially with my historical knowledge, ten out of ten times. Yeah. And like, I'm and I'm not going to go down that road because it's useless. It's useless. It's pointless. But it, you know, th that's the thing is that you have the you can back up your argument, and then it just doesn't become useless prattle. It, it, you have a a, a a a a cogent, thoughtful discussion to the extent the other person wants to have one. You know, I it that kind of oh God bless you, man. That's it, it's it's just. Guys, I Next really, show we're launching is political talk. God bless, an, God bless an atheist. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, but no, that's very impressive. And thank you. Thank you for letting me. Thank you for, if you're still with us they after are. that. No, they're there. They're, they're, they know that that's a topic after oh, no, that. It's, 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 it's well documented here. It is. We appreciate that. No, I'm like passionate great, about great, that. Sorry, last thoughts on this to answer your question of how do we fix it. We are fixing it right now because we are... I think, well, probably maybe not me and Tim, but you three are definitely um, holding up a lot of the weight of that. But I think a large part of it, and like we talked about last last week with, uh, was it last week? Or yeah, Felicia. When we had Felicia. When we talked about freedom of speech and we said, you know, the only way to fix these things is to keep fighting the good fight, but also put out, put out the right perspective right. and try to get people who are your audience or your fans or right. people that want to help support you engendered with that perspective mm -hmm. great idea and that's you know? that's, and that's exactly all you can really what, do that's what i love to do when I, I do a lot of personal appearances i was on the road two months and change last year and starting again this week i'm going to be doing it again and every now and then somebody will ask a question like that. that's why this is this is heaven for me because <laughs> when when um, our spare bedroom <laughs> these, these are rob's angels that's hot. and i'm in san francisco anyway um so but no but it's great so somebody occasionally will ask you well, you know what are you about politics well do you really want to know because i i lean this way uh uh republican sort of in this way socially liberal and democrat blah 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 if you want to but you can't really you know i mm -hmm. i'm i'm really interested in facts and making my own decisions based on thought not interested in fighting. Mm -hmm. So if you are want to take anything away, I'm glad that you love my characters, and please do. But do me a favor. Read the Constitution. Just read it. N you know, you don't have to be a student. Just start that way. Or read the Federalist Papers. Oh, or read, read you know, papers. yeah. So what is that? Well, it, look, you don't need to know exactly how many congressmen there are. Just, just read these documents and give yourself a little bit of knowledge. And on whatever side you want to be in, make an argument from a thoughtful, learned place. Not from a place of going, you know, well, my dad, you know, my dad said all them people, this guy wears a earring, me goddamn hippie, faggot, pinko, goddamn. That's obnoxious. That's awful. Yeah. And there are people who, the, the fact is that I, when my son said, hey, I'm dating this girl, I really like her, I met her at USC, blah, blah, blah. Then he brought her home to visit us. And you know what I was so, I was proudest of? Is the fact that when he brought Basola, opened the door, we had no idea that Basola was an African-American, or no, not an African. She was born in, in Nigeria. The beautiful thing is that it never occurred to my son that he had to pave the way. Say that, yeah. Right. How great is that? 
I grew up in Flint, Michigan, which is now under control of the feds, right? Haven't been run by the Democrats for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Detroit. Anyway, yeah. but forgive me. Um, nonetheless, if, I, if that had been my situation, even though my parents were pretty cool, I would have had to say just yeah, so I think no. so. Heads up, mom and same dad. Same with me is like, I mean, I come from a, I come from a very liberal Italian background, but why? You know, some of my relatives are Jersey. I don't know. I, there is a little bit of that baked in sort of yeah. racism that I would have thought, okay, I have to prepare my family. Oh my for god! This. And and she's a lovely woman, and it and it it never occurred to my son whether she was black, brown, green, orange, white, clear. Right. He judged her on the content of her character. Yeah. Period. I mean, I feel like the that most... is awesome. I mean, that's crazy. Right? I feel like my generation, and of course, it's not solved, and I would never say it's solved, but like it would never cross my mind to tell my Isn't mom. Isn't that great, though? Either. How yeah, wonderful is that that we're in a place where we can see our children? Uh, you guys are all known to be my kids, and how great that we can see somebody. And I don't think it's just being in San Francisco. I think there are a lot of people who would say, I mean, sure, there are pockets, and there, there's always going to. We get that. What about? I get that. I get that there are rednecks. I get that there are crazy, you know, knuckleheads on both sides of the issue, but. You know, the, the times, as Bob Dylan says, are a changing. And and it's wonderful that you fall in love with somebody not based on what your parents are going to say, what, what to society what is going to love, say. Yeah. yeah, there are still issues where they go, my God, she was going to Sam Houston University. And my son and, and she would go out to dinner in Houston. He said, God, we got some crazy looks. And he said, but I love this woman. Yeah, yeah. And my parents are cool. I'm cool. That's all that, you know. How great is that, right? That's dope. So anyway, um, again, my spleen is vented. Thank you. You're welcome. Hope I didn't get any on you. Your toes are all right. <laughs> but we can use that kind of spleen around here. Nick. Yes. What's your topic? My topic, of course, comes from our wonderful community of people who uh, study the facts and form opinions. Um, yes. You know, very smart opinions, sometimes wacky opinions. Uh, this is a kind of riffing off that topic of, of uh, very important issues that the world mm-hmm. faces. Mm-hmm. Colin's already laughing because I'm completely, I'm completely full of shit. Um, <laughs> keep Kong Klingon. He got an earring. Don't listen to him. Yeah. Keep Kong Klingon. Keep Kong Klingon. Klingon. That's a great says, name. Topic for the Gob Show. Remember, if you have topics, please tweet them at me, Nick underscore Scarpino on Twitter. Uh, if you could domesticate any animal, what would it be? Now, I'm assuming we're talking about animals that aren't Our already domesticated. I got one. Hmm. Nicki Minaj. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can physically. I no. don't think that there's any world. Where Her you can and Kesha were meant to run free. Yeah, they yeah. need to just own it. Oh, I love that. Aaron Although Carter. she does use a pee pee pad, so that's good. Yeah. Does she use a pee pee pad? Yeah. Oh yeah. I know Nikki. No, I don't. I'm just. Kidding. I was like, <laughs> wow. You never will anymore. Sorry, you gotta, <laughs> you're shooting you that. To, like, here's the thing. No one would ever call you out on it. Between that, you need to start telling people you know Nikki and Miley. Would like, that be it? Like, yeah, you don't, don't, let's be clear. You dig Miley, right? Uh, everyone dig Miley. Okay. So I mean, it's a wrecking ball video. Everybody's dug Miley. No, I. Yeah. 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 Um, since I saw all the tattoos, I was like, I get it. <laughs> like, I get you can't it. just see a part of the painting. You have to see the entire yeah, right. canvas. Hey, the Mona Lisa, you know? It's very true. Like, if you just saw, like, one of her, you know, eyes, I guess it's a good eye, but then you, you stand back and you're like, ah, it, I want to put my penis in that. It's the pierced tongue, too. That... It, oh, it's so, so good. let's just, hold on. Let's unpack nope, that. Nope, just don't even unpack it. Just keep <laughs> right, on keep trucking. Going. Just keep going. Uh, uh, Greg, I, what about you? Forever, I think since high school, I've always said, if you want to make a billion dollars, figure out a way to crossbreed Maybe a cat, but I think even like a gerbil with a koala. And if you can get <laughs> hold on, I'm talking about crossbreeding. How did you go from a cat to a gerbil and a koala? I'm saying I want a koala this big, a little koala, a little koala that just chilled out and climbed around and stuff and ate eucalyptus. That'd be dope. But the problem is that koalas are like they're like big. Yeah. Like you don't want a koala that right. big just shitting all over the so, house. 
I've heard no, you koala- want a little one. I'm not informed the on koalas. Yeah, but I've heard the koalas are like extremely scary. Yeah, yeah they're they're vicious and very violent. They're not vicious. They're vicious. No, they have huge claws, don't vicious. they? Because they climb. No, they're not. No, yeah, they do have big claws. They do they climb. because they, they get stoned. They're something, vicious. It's something like 93 percent have chlamydia because just why would you stop? Koalas from having sex and getting chlamydia. My last girlfriend's first name was chlamydia. Is that a problem? Get them down to the size of that, though, and then if you're if you're crossbreeding them with a cat, they would know how to use the litter box, and then you could uh, you could you don't need to crossbreed something to teach it how to use a litter box. I, uh, Portillo <laughs> doesn't go. Like, Why are you into crossbreeding? Is not even the question. Jurassic I'm Park saying style I don't want a full size koala. I don't want a full size koala. I want a I want a koala. Yeah, even I mean even like. Portillo's a good size for being a dog, hey, but like this, would, this would be too big for a koala. I feel no, because like. koalas like lumber around like this, and I don't want this lumbering at me. Yeah. <laughs> would you like to hear the voice of a little koala? <laughs> yeah, he's like this. He's got Greg. Come here. I want to shit on the floor. <laughs> Let him shit on the floor, Greg. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna going find to, out if they're mean yeah, or not. I'm they're outside. mean. They're very mean. I'm they very have, mean, Greg. I'm going to bite your face off. Here, come here, Greg. It's me. I'm a little koala. Tie me kangaroo down, sport. Tie me kangaroo down. That's it for you, Greg. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Well, look at me. I just peed on your bed. <laughs> Tim, yeah. what would you domesticate if you could domesticate well, any animal? I mean, my go-to answer when it comes to a lot of animal things is always the flying squirrel. And yeah. I feel like they that already, already, well, already are domesticated. I don't you think got, you can, though. Sugar no. gliders. Sugar, sugar gliders, gliders. Yeah, are yeah, yeah. similar. Here we go. Okay. But like, I'm talking I, about a wild animal that you'd have to tame. Like, I'm, I mean, I'll throw some options out there for you. Yeah. An elephant? No. A rhinoceros? I mean, aren't elephants, elephants are domesticated. Yeah. I guess they are. Okay, how about like this? Monkeys are. Like a monkeys lion. Are how about well, a lion? lion? I mean, well. Your whole pad would be a pee pee pad. Like, and you could name him Simba. And he yeah. would just be I mean, Simba be awesome. and he would be hanging out with you the can whole time. Can I ride him? Can you ride a lion? If you imagine can riding a lion. Oh my God. I, no I, one I always do. I always imagine riding yeah. a lion. I was doing it when we were fucking Go talking about politics. Go to a lion. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. It's like Del Taco. Like, yes, you forgot my chili cheese fries. Yeah. Simba. <laughs> Attack. Jeez. Attack. You got a hair trigger. Oh yeah. I'm not fucking around with Simba. No one can take me. It's like you got to get a tank to take Simba down. Yeah. That's what I'm putting out there. Nice. You sharks? Want sharks? Oh, shark. No, I don't dope. want a shark, though. You want a domesticated shark. Domesticated shark. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot yeah. of space. Why does it even matter? You put it in the bathtub with you? Just put a real shark in a tank. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I, I take it back on the shark. That won't be that fun. Yeah, it's going to be hard. I don't know. For, for me, like, uh, like what came to mind immediately, and I don't know why, I'm just going to go with it, is the penguin. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is I just feel like it would be fun to have a penguin. Yeah. yeah. You just hang out. You just yeah. chilling. I've told you this you're story before. Chilling. I think I've told you this story before. I didn't mean that, by the way, chilling. Sorry. I like that. That's, that's a good point. Uh, see what you did. Just there. cooling off. Yeah. 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 Nice. Um, I went to uh, <laughs> I went to uh, uh, SeaWorld with an ex girlfriend of mine. I think it was like right after college, or right after high school, and we got to go on the ice and and pet peng- like meet the penguins. I did I ever tell you this? No. I think I I, I swear I pulled this. Sh- I'll tell you it again. We go to the penguin exhibit, and I was like, I just want to see a penguin. I just want to see a penguin. All I want to see is penguins. I don't know why. I'm Obviously, like, I'm like, like fixated on penguins, right? Yeah. And I'm like. Screw the killer whales, whatever. Um, I have, and let me tell you something. They don't like it. No, no, no. Do they? I mean, you got to get dinner in a movie. Pretty, maybe. You must be pretty big yeah, to oh, yeah. well, make an impact on a killer whale. Listen, I'm hung like a light switch, but once you get them drunk, it doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, they don't remember it. You, oh, you Bill Cosby did. Yeah. Um, hey Shamu, come here. I want to show you something. I'm pretty bound proud, proud of. <laughs> Jump through this hoop, baby. Damn. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Yahoo answers to koalas are totally cool. 
The Wikipedia page is really cool. hard to find any information because it just doesn't get boiled about it the down. temperament of the hey, koala. I, I Koalas are not mean animals. They sleep a lot and spend the rest of the time eating eucalyptus leaves. Yeah, they do. I was in Australia no, doing a show bullshit. and they had koalas they have a tendency and they to smell pee. like eucalyptus. They have a yeah. tendency to pee on you deliberately. Right. Well, who does? Deliberately. Guilty. That's just funny, though. I mean, come on. Stesha says, no way. Koalas are very tame and peaceful animals. Oh, yeah. Well, the said it, so. Well, and can we make a shirt toast. that says Yahoo Answers says koalas are pretty cool? Yeah, <laughs> yeah can we do it? Yes, we can do whatever we want. We can yeah. make shirts. This is, this is America. So your answer is the penguin. That's a just good answer. Just run it by Colin. That is a great, great answer. answer. Yeah, I didn't first jump to dinosaurs, but I guess I'm dumb just like Greg and don't listen to the question and just come make up shit. Like, you can do a dinosaur. A, oh, I'm going to crossbreed things? I'm saying the perfect. I, I just fine. Domesticate a regular koala, everybody, and have want. it be fucking walking. Yeah, I mean, it was just yeah, that's like that having you... a four-year-old walking around all the time. No, thank you. <laughs> you're, very, well, yeah, you're very passionate. Was just, I fucking. Was a I don't cool. thank you. I still meerkat. want more information. Meerkat. You can meerkat. go with meerkat. Dope. Meerkat's a dope, and here's why. Because you could keep it like behind you, yeah. and whenever something interesting happened, he could like pop up. <laughs> like, pop up you know, or, like a prairie dog. Like a prairie dog. Hey, just what pipe are you doing? What do you? What's What's that? Who's there? Come here. Oh, I, oh, I love those. Yeah. Uh, no, answer the door. Yeah, hello. It's me, the koala. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. And Tim would love that. I would, he would love, love that. that. If it made That's that noise, you'd yeah. be like, we'd be like, Tim, shut that fucking thing up. I wouldn't be, be able like, to. I can't do it. He's yeah. domesticated, but yeah. I don't own him. Oh, man. It I reminds just, me of someone I know. I just like that two of the, two of the five of us, Greg immediately jumped to crossbreeding something. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Because I want it smaller! And then, <laughs> and then Tim went to a, a, an animal, a species that's been extinct for hundreds of millions of years. Good. So yeah. we need to, we need to, uh, you know, you can, well, like you said the dinosaur is possible. You just have to, you gotta, get you gotta Jurassic Park, you know, genetic makeup of them and create them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I want a little dinosaur too. Like a little comp, little, compy. Yeah. I want to crossbreed it with a cat apparently to make a small one. Cause that's how you get small animals. <laughs> <laughs> and, guys, anytime you want something miniaturized, you crossbreed it with a cat. It's yeah. how you, you get watch, smaller flowers, guys, smaller trees. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen the, the Island of Dr. Morrow? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's a great show. Yeah. You, this is very appropriate for this. Mm. Take a couple of Vicodin, some of that maker's mark. Mm-hmm. Just get in there. Knock off. <laughs> off you go, baby. Start flirting with whales. Yeah. Um, I have two. My my first instinct was to go with the obvious, which is cougar, right? Just to have a badass cougar with you all the time. There are plenty of the them obvious. in L.A. <laughs> oh, you mean the animal? I see. Yeah. There's a couple of them in the marine up here too. Who would dig you, baby? Um, yeah. <clears throat> but then I watched a documentary on a on a beast that is both majestic and cunning and dangerous. It's called the honey badger. Oh yeah. Mm. Are you familiar with this? Beast? Oh, he doesn't. Yeah. Oh, I know. Honey. Yeah, we know honey. Yeah, we got famous for that interview. That, that that big viral video. That interview. That Were you about to say interview. the interview? <laughs> the interview with the honey badger. He got, so famous, he got famous for famous for that viral Scott video that went around. Honey badger don't care. Honey yeah. badger. Well, and it's true. If you watch anything about the honey badger, there's a great documentary on Netflix called The Honey Badger, um, aptly named. They are ingenious little assholes mm-hmm. they can escape anything they can get to anything they are incredibly intelligent so i feel like if i could domesticate that i could actually teach him to like rob banks or do crazy shit for yeah. me and like who's how am i gonna go no one's gonna put me in jail yeah. if my honey badger robbed a bank i'm like i, I can train him to do that or can i they'd put him right. down though i mean i'll just no. get another one oh, okay honey badgers you can't take you can't down t- a honey dude badger. the honey badger literally has evolved have you played Far Cry 4? I've played Far Cry 4 and I've been killed by many honey badgers. It can. It will take on beasts like 18 times its size. No it'll kidding. take on lions. It'll take on... Really? It, yeah, it, yeah. And it goes crazy on them. It goes like straight for the balls. Wow. Like it literally will like... Again, like, guilty. They have, <laughs> they have footage of these things and they lose more, more often than not, but they will take on the lions and they will also take on cobras. They'll take on, they, they'll now, take are on they, these... Are they indigenous to Africa? Or? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, no. Um... Uh, 
we'll, have to, we'll have to fact check that. Uh, th- they have footage of them taking on like cobras and these deadly snakes, and the snake will bite them. They'll kill it, and then the venom. Their bodies have uh, evolved to a place where the venom just puts them to sleep. Yeah, wow. and then the, the, they literally you, you'll see them like kill the thing and then go. And then, like three hours later, they just pop up. Uh, like, what the? F- what that was yeah. a fucking crazy yeah. little journey I went, <laughs> I went on. Just that animal to take acid. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so I would go honey badger. Mm. Cool. I think that's awesome. Cool. Uh, looks like yeah, you're looking at you're looking at like Africa. I think they were in Australia when they India, yeah. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where they're they're getting. That's, that's I forget where that's the their distribution. Shot. I, I bet it was shot in Africa. Probably Africa. All right, with my guess. So koala wins. Koala crossbreed. Crossbreed. I'm good. Yeah, that wasn't a koala well, with a wolverine, maybe, because I love wolverines. They're pretty gnarly. Out of all of these, I'd want to go over to Rob's house because he's got Miley Cyrus and Nicki Minaj. Yeah, the cage, so. that's right. I, no, yeah. that Miley Cyrus. He is. Oh no. But no. wait, is the lo- you love a wolverine because of Michigan? Yeah. yeah. Well, because yeah, I, I went to Michigan for about an hour and a half before I decided to be in the moving picture business. Um, but uh, yeah, th- there are. Re- I don't think there really are any wolverines unless they're way up north in, in the upper peninsula. In the peninsula, yeah. yeah. But they're they're intense critters. Oh yeah, yeah. tough. So you you would actually go with a wolf? You would try. To... I would. Yeah, I mean they're, they're badass critters, man. I would mean, you name him Logan? Because you'd have to name. him I Logan. would name him Bo. Remember, you don't remember. See, you guys, Bo for Michigan fans. I would name him Bo because Bo Schembechler was the coach of Michigan when they mm. were really. Uh, they don't. Well, now we've got. You got Harbaugh. Now. Jimmy Harbaugh is back, mm. so we'll see if that helps. But uh, yeah. Wolverines are gnarly ass critters. They're cool looking. Yeah, they're cool. I wouldn't they want make awesome to domesticate anything. Yeah. The question is, like, you know, if you could domesticate, I don't want to be like trying to calm down a wolverine. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. To, you won't go get me to be calming down no wolverine. Won't you ask me to calm down no wolverine? You're, you're saying it because you, I, th- I think you equate domesticating something with like enslaving it. You got to break it. No, you got you to break it. It's break. like a horse. It's like a wild horse. Yeah, but I mean, it. let's say we're not going to do that. Let's say we'll do, we'll do it like millions of years of evolution of domesticating oh, the okay. canine, sure. right? Where it's like it started off first. Uh, you, said, you saw that great uh, episode of yeah, Cosmos, Cosmos yeah. where they talk about how wild wolves turned into. Throughout many many years of of sort of uh, being around human beings, they eventually got more more and more bold and got closer and closer and closer, and then formed that Until bond. And then eventually, thank God that you were domesticating yeah. right? beast, and it, and it worked out like this. Yeah, but I was going to say we'll the original domesticated dogs were used by the, were kept around by the humans to uh, to ward off other bigger beasts, mm-hmm. whereas Portillo was kept around by the humans so that when people come in, he can pee on the ground. <laughs> he wards off people who ring the buzzer too. Yeah, he does. He lets, he does. He lets people know if they're, they're going to start shit. Puffs he, up his little chest and his little tail starts flattering and he just yeah. barks and then he runs away. He's really he good. Right. Really See, if you had the koala, it would be better because then you would deliberately pee on people. And that would scare them. The koala could just arc it out the window and hit you in the face when you're downstairs. <laughs> the, the koala isn't yeah, Cheetos. It doesn't have these orangutan-like no, Cheetos, abilities. I would have said Cheetos, but let's be honest. No one can own Cheetos. Mm. No one can domesticate Cheetos. All you can do is listen and follow Cheetos. Cheetos okay. are, ring, are fake orangutan. Oh, okay, got it. There's Colin. a debate for the president. I was really starting to go, man, these dudes have been drinking we, the bong water. <laughs> we've separated into two camps for the upcoming election. Oh. There's the ticket of Moriarty Miller or Scarpino's Gettys. They're the, they're the party. I'm not a plural. Their whole platform is partying with this orangutan named Cheetos. Colin and I want social reforms. <laughs> we want no, to be they, conservative with our money. Taxes. We want to just make sure that the, com- the country has the appropriate amount of love. love and that and is to say... There is no appropriate amount of love. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. The more love you can have, the better. And Cheetos embodies that. Yeah. Okay. Cheetos is a free spirit. I don't know where the hell he is most does of the time. He, does he eat his own poop? He, he eats whatever it's he wants him, to eat. You know? okay. okay. He pops up on Twitter every once in a while, sometimes peeing into his own mouth. Good. I'm not going to judge. Well, again, 
Don't knock it. <laughs> <laughs> Make your vote heard at kindoffunny.com slash store. Hell buy one of these shirts. Yeah. Yeah. A lot shirt. of shit goes out in the water tower that you don't want to know. <laughs> Fun topic. Thanks, community. Thanks, yeah. community. Beautiful. All right, final topic before we let Rob Paulson get back to being a mega huge celebrity star. Oh, bless your heart, man. And, of course, doing Talking Tunes. Download it today. Yes, and may I, may I also, if you don't mind, a, a shameless Fuck plug. Um, what we're up here doing, I know, forgive me, but what we're up here doing is a, uh, an evening of Animaniacs music at Sketchfest tomorrow afternoon, I should say. But for those of you who would like to go to robpaulsonlive.com or uh, you can follow me at Yakko Pinky, which is my Twitter handle. But there's a great promo. We are now taking the Animaniacs music live to um, orchestras around North America. So go to robpaulsonlive.com and you can look at the, um, the great promo we did with the Colorado Symphony a few months back. And we're now booking shows with uh, different symphonies around the country. So, you know, if you're interested... And it's talk, a fantastic show. You go there, really you, you perform the songs from all the All the songs, United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, and all those songs. Look at you. And all the songs, Randy Rogel Person. wrote them. And it's myself, Tress McNeil, who was Dot, and Yakko uh, Warner, uh, yeah. uh, Jess Harnell. And we all do it live with a big screen so the cartoons are and then the, the orchestras play the music and we perform them live it's fantastic oh, so, so cool take a look at it and tell your local orchestras thank you for the, letting me do that plug now anytime please thank that's you. what you're here for we're here to get you these plugs mm -hmm. uh, it, your, your plugging here ties into my question oh good or my topic I assume uh, I went down to LA a few weeks ago shot this show that'll be up on YouTube's eventually called Nerd Court it's a Gary Witter production I'm allowed to talk about it because cool. he talked about it so there now it's all fine uh, I get in the car at the airport the, the PA picks me up we're driving there and she's like oh you know I do all this stuff I'm not I'm not familiar with your body of work what do you do I'm like oh well, I did these shows I do this I mean, I'm an internet celebrity that's the easiest way to say it I'm an internet personality internet Great. celebrity we're internet superstars uh, we weren't at the time though we didn't have the superstars my god how many S's in superstars I love as that. many as you want yeah. Yes. So Hello. I say I'm an internet personality, and she goes, "Oh, okay." And then, so what? What, what does that look like in what does that look like in five years? Ouch! And I was like, "What?" You're like, what "Why an, would you start with that?" Yeah, comment? What an well, no, we had comment. been talking. We had been talking. She just, I had you explained. get the car. What do you do? What the fuck are you gonna Whoa, be in five wow, years? What are you doing? It wasn't, like, I, but it was a great point it's of like point, when yeah. we're talking about what we do and like at the time when I was hosting and like kind of funny hadn't started yet. Right. There was all these different things okay, and okay. things in motion. So it's just a, a host of like. Well, I want to know for you in particular how what you're talking about it was 28 you got the G.I. Joe role yeah did you think when you were doing that 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 was now life and that's what you're no. going to do no I at, at that time as I said earlier I, I came out the ostensible reason I came out was to be a singer and an actor I was a singer first who became an actor did a lot of stage work so I presumed that I would do you know I just like to work man and I still have and you know what it's about passion I love to work. I've been rich and I've been poor and rich is better, but I don't make money unless I'm passionate about what I do. The money takes care of itself and I, I've tried putting the money first and it doesn't happen. But anyway, I just wanted to work. I never really thought that it would be my my total ball of wax career-wise until I started really, you know, get, again, working with all these great actors who were not limited by mm -hmm. their sort of visage. Physical parents, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, this is cool. And you can not only do great stuff, but then when I started to get a chance to sing in all these shows, that's when it really started to take off. Because I, a lot of folks, you know, you come to find out a lot of folks can do character voices or dialects, but they can't always sing in the character voices or their dialects. And that really is the most fun for me. Doing this Animaniacs live stuff, it is an incredible labor of love. And the audience just eats it up. And when you hear these songs played... Uh, you know, with these incredible lyrics that Randy writes you, and it's a great big universe and real, really, really puny. We're just tiny little specks about the size of Mickey Rooney. You might think that you're essential. Try inconsequential. It's a big universe, and you're not. And it's just 
but it's fantastic and it never stops, you know? So I didn't know that that would be the way it's gone. It's worked out great because now it's starting to come full circle. Yeah. Now I'm back on stage and well, loving it. And so this is my next question then. I mean, for us, like we've launched kind of funny. Yeah. I What's five years look like? And by the way, congratulations. Thank you. This is a big deal for you guys. Yeah, man. no, yeah. yeah. Well, you quit our job. Really cool. Left the sure thing to hey, go man, be crazy. You know why? Because they got skin in the game. Yeah, That's what these guys the did. These guys are a perfect living example of what Colin was talking about. And trust me, there's plenty of politics involved in show business, right? Internet or traditional media. These guys have skin in the game. These guys are, are, you know, rugged individualists trying to make it. I so appreciate that. That's so great. God bless you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. As we've seen our lives change, right? As we're doing YouTube and then, well, now we'll do Patreon. Well, now this is going really well. We'll do this. It's all about that evolution, I guess. And this, I, I think... For me, that's why it's hard to say in five years what everything looks yeah. like because it changes so much. So fast. But like when you started doing your podcast, right? When you started doing the Animaniacs Live, I mean, were those hard sells for you? Like, did you feel like, well, I'm a voice actor. This is what I do. No, I well, do the, the podcast, again, talk about passion. I mean, you guys, nobody knows when you start to take this step whether you're going to be able to pay the rent or not. Mm. You do, you, you take your chances. And again, that's what I also love about this. There are no guarantees. When people say, well, this isn't fair, that's fair. You know what? No shit. Life yeah. isn't fair. So to me, to try to uh, make it fair, either by government edict or by some other, it, it, it's, it's sort of anathema to the way people are, mm -hmm. right? It, it, in my view, it sort of uh, uh, corrupts drive and passion when you try to make, you know, that doesn't mean I don't want people to survive. I, I want everybody to struggle, yeah. I mean, to survive and to do well based on their own struggles or whatever. Mm -hmm. Some people are born with a silver spoon, that's life. I don't hate somebody because they're richer than I am. I, I, you know, anyway. So the point is that I had a, I had a kind of an epiphany about five years ago. I had a real slow period in my career. Yeah. But again, everything's relative. And I learned a really valuable lesson. This was in my early fifties. I was, you know, found myself bitching about having a slow month and I would, you know, actors would say, cry me a fucking river. I <laughs> I've had a slow five months. years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I thought, wow, you know what? Y you're right. You got no, if you, if it's slow for you and you don't like the way it's going, Hey, dude, I'm all about personal responsibility. I don't want anybody to give it to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I felt sorry for myself for 37 seconds and said, you better fix it. If you don't like the way it's going, this ain't about anybody helping you. This is about you doing it. Right. Okay. So I said, wow, on my little cell phone here, you know, these things called podcasts. I don't think you have to be an MIT grad to do it. But the, <laughs> No, the, you we, do not. <laughs> not. Actually, these guys all, you know, they drew Sparky on a matchbook cover. That's about as far as I got. But um, I... I uh, I knew, based on the personal appearances I was doing, just as we were talking about earlier, is that there are millions of people who like the work just that I did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If if I throw in Mark Hamill, who, yeah, you got, you know, everybody knows him as Luke, but he was the Joker. Joker, yeah. Joker. Right? Yeah. So, but you throw all that into the mix, and on my phone is everybody. Dan Castellaneta, who's Homer, Nancy Cartwright, who's Bart, Mark. Yeah, we'd love to borrow that phone. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> but all these, all these, Maurice LaMarche, Billy West, John DiMaggio, you know, Tress McNeil, they're all my friends. So I thought, well, maybe I'll just do a podcast. Well, Lo and behold, it was, it was people dug it, yeah. you know? So it was done. Uh, necessity totally is the mother of invention. There was a little bit of desperation. I got over my desperation and said, look, you're going to continue to work. You're having a slow period. So you've talked about wanting to do all these live gigs and wanting to do other things to further your visibility. Mm -hmm. Guess what, dude? However you can, this is the universe telling yeah. you. However yeah. you want to couch it, however metaphysical or not, you asked for it. It may not come exactly in the way that you expected, but just like love, it comes from unexpected places. And so you go, hey, guess what? 
this is your opportunity. Don't yeah. fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> and I luckily had you know the the presence of mind to start doing it and mm. again because it was a passionate labor of love and i had skin in the game it starts to to work yeah and so then i meet people like you and one thing leads to another sorry and about that and then you're my bedroom <laughs> no so i'm very passionate about it and, and the thing is that i like i'm doing this really great project with david copperfield in vegas and we're the same the age. david copperfield i want to be able to say that one day i'm doing this awesome <laughs> here's a great example of what we're vegas, talking about though. this is great though and and this is really important i think especially for young folks who are really you know you guys are working hard and you're doing your own gig and people are watching Here's a, we're the same age, David Copperfield, right? That guy hasn't needed a dime for 30 years. He's on his own island, right? Oh, yeah. It's huge. Like and and he, I was just there Tuesday, uh, Wednesday. his island? No, no, oh, not Vegas. There. In Vegas. <laughs> like, but, but, but he's got his great, he's got this animatronic alien in his show. It's a really cool illusion. It's a 20-minute illusion. And I'm the voice of this alien. So I go and we re-record and tweak it. So I was there a couple days ago. Anyway, here's, this is a great example of what I'm talking about, about passion and drive. He's David freaking Copperfield. Yeah. He's got all the money he'll ever need. But it's not that. He does 15 shows a week Damn. at the MGM. 15, right? Three shows on Saturday, two Monday through Friday and Sunday. Okay. And he's 58, same age as me. But he is driven to say, hey, Rob, how can you help me with this next illusion? This is going to be unbelievable. I really want to fight, figure out. You're an expert at what you do. I need you to help me. And... He has the same drive and passion as we're pushing 60 that he did when he was 15 mm -hmm. and, you know, getting beat up in the hallways for going, hey, what's this? When you pull out a quarter and he's an amazing talent, right? He's arguably the best illusionist who's ever lived, but he's still driven by his passion. And it's not about the money. Yeah, see, the, that's for me the thing that excites me, right? When you ask, like, what's the next, what's in the next five years? I don't know, but yeah. I know I'll, we'll still be working. And and I, I, I'm, I'm a huge lover of film and I, I love watching people's careers or reading about people's careers and there's a great cinematographer who just passed away named Gordon Willis um, oh yeah uh, passed away did last, a lot of Woody year. Allen stuff did a lot of Woody Allen stuff did all the Godfather stuff mm -hmm. um, worked pretty much until the day he died mm -hmm. and that's not uncommon for a lot of people in the film industry or especially cinematographers because yeah. you 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 just have that weird weird motivation that keeps you going until the day you die and that's who I want to be. I don't want to be a person who I'm with who you, buddy. I, I want to die and leave this rock exhausted from laughing yeah. and yeah. having mm. a great time. And, and uh, I, I, matter of fact, my wife's best friend's father was Conrad Hall. Oh, no Conrad. shit. And Connie won, won uh, uh, Oscars for um, um, Butch Casting Sunday. That was going to be everything. <laughs> I think he won one for uh, Day of the Locust. The last one he won was for American Beauty. And... Um, there's a great that's a great example. Conrad was in his 80s when he finally passed away, but he was working. The last show he did, I think, was uh, Road to Perdition, and every every frame of that movie looks like a painting. That's stunning. I mean, I, think, I feel like that's what it is too. When you when you choose a creative field to go into, yeah. and, and you you sort of always think, okay, like we do this show. I love this show. I think it looks great. It can always be better. You always have that yeah. sort of like. We just need like even this morning I was like going back and forth on the website. I'm like, it could always be better. Is it, is yeah. it right? Is it not? No, it's, it's always going to be an evolution, and you get addicted to that evolution. Yeah. Totally, and it becomes it's a Jones. It yeah. is a Jones, and it's never quite good enough. Yeah. And I think the trick for us is is okay. Can we appreciate what we have right now, but always want more? Right. Well, sort of. There's a great line in a Don Henley song that you take what you let's see, you want what you have, and you take what you're given with grace. And that's a great way to mm -hmm. live because if you can literally say, and I do that every now and then, I'll be looking around, I'll be with my wife and my dogs or my little crib or whatever and I'm looking around going wow everything I have is paid for money 
paid for with money that I earn doing something I do for free. Yeah. <laughs> don't right? t- don't say that too no, loud. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm a capitalist. Don't get me wrong. I'm a free market capitalist. But but I'm I'm how uh, you need to take those moments yeah. to say, wow, I just bought dental floss paid for with money that I earned doing something that I would. I love. I think do. we all yeah. just had that moment. I mean, right? it's crazy. Like we're oh. all literally just doing the things that we love to do right. because people. That is such a support gift. That. But yeah. it's, 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 it's really weird. Like there's a difference. I don't know. It sounds like I don't know if you ever had to work a quote unquote real job or a steady gig. Oh uh, yeah, I did. I I haven't had a steady gig. That maybe for a few months, I sold cars somewhere in the mid. 80s okay. but apart from that this is my I started making my living as a singer in rock and roll bands when I was mm-hmm. 19 I'm, I'm going to be 59 in March so this is my 40th year doing pretty much nothing being your, being your own guy yeah <laughs> but making but that's what I'm saying like it, it doing is pretty much nothing just doing, <laughs> doing, doing squat right um I actually forgot what my point was with that did you ever have a straight job oh yeah so Define I mean straight yeah. sorry there you go um so you know you feel sort of you feel differently when you own your own business or, or you are your own person. You're bringing in that money straight forward without that buffer of a company, right? right. Where a company, the money almost doesn't seem real because you get it on a steady you know, track. Mm-hmm. You know what you're going to get every month. Right? Yeah. There yeah. it is. Someone, some mythical person in New York who is an accounting person makes right. sure that, that payroll gets done and it just comes into your bank and you're good yeah. to go. And that doesn't feel, it almost doesn't feel like you're earning it. You, you do feel like you're doing work. Right. But it's different when you, quote unquote, have the skin in the game where you're like, totally, this is man. a risk. And then every dollar suddenly matters. I took a $20 referee costume back to Big Five. It is seven miles away. It took me forever to get over there. But I was like, this is our money. Yeah. This is important. <laughs> and like, I'm not going to let it just hang. We, we had two, as you can that's see. Another that's another one. That's the one, that's right one we use. That's the, um, that's that's the, that's the that. one that goes with the yellow Dyson. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that all, and that was important to me. And I was on the phone with my wife at the time. And, and you know, because I, I drive a lot and we do this a lot. And I call her all the time. Just, that's how we stay connected. Because um, most of the time when I get home, it's at <laughs> you know, smoke signals are so difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really hard. Um, and I was like, she's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh my God, 30 minutes to kill before my buddy's birthday party. We're going to go out there. I'm like, I'm thinking about taking this referee costume back to Big Five. I know it sounds silly. It's only worth $28. She's like, it's $28. Hey, totally, she's man. She's like, that's, let's put that in terms. If you want to get to me, you have to put it in terms of Starbucks. Yeah. She's like, that's five trips to five Starbucks trips for you. To, yeah. And I'm like, damn, you're right. Let's go. Oh, no, listen. Right. Take it back. Hey, man, I'm a big sports car nut and I've spent a lot of money on cars. And that's really, that's what I, I really love it. I mean, I love hockey, golf. What are you driving right car. now? Right now, I have the probably the best all-around car I've ever had. I have a BMW M6 coupe, which is a sweet ride. It just, M6. First year, I put 25,000 miles on it. I drive the shit out of it. But that, makes, that makes the traffic in LA a little bit more palatable. It's fantastic. I've had some <laughs> wonderful automobiles. And, but I don't have you know I don't have a, a zillion dollars where I have 12 cars or 30 cars. Yeah. Yeah. I get to want, have one kick-ass car at a time. That and has. yeah, it's a, it's a dream fulfilled. But I'm telling you, the enjoyment, and I, it's so exciting to be here with you guys because... You have got such great things coming to, coming your way, and when you can look back and go, "Wow, we, I entertained people, I made them laugh, I made them think, I made, and I bought my cars and my Starbucks and paid for my kids' college with money earned doing something about which I was desperately passionate, and I did it, we did it, and little soapboxy, this country alone allows you still opportunities that yeah, there are a lot of free countries around Western Europe, but but in terms of just still, you can still be a pretty cool, rugged individualist here. You may mm-hmm. not want to, you know, you can live in a state like California, which has really, really onerous tax laws, or you can go to a place like, you know, Nevada or Texas or whatever and right. take advantage of those tax laws. But the point is that you can still do what you want to do, and and you are not an indentured servant of of the government. You're you're a slave to your passion. That's great. 
that's so cool to be a slave to your passion, man. Yep. I, I love, I love that you're doing this. It, it's, and that's the, you guys, the guys that are going to be the, you know, the, the Bill Gateses and the Steve Jobses and even on the smaller scale, the Rob Paulsons, the guys who said, yeah, I came from Flint, Michigan. I don't know anybody. I didn't. I don't know. That's why people talk about, you know, well, yeah, the rich people and Brad's, Brad Pitt's got, Brad Pitt didn't know anybody either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God bless Brad Pitt. Yeah. You're making 20 million bucks a movie. I wish it was me. Mizzou you know what? alum, kind yeah, of. He, right? he, he's credits short, but nobody so He's I, also in Smash Bros. I didn't know anybody when I got here. And this business and this state and this country has afforded me the opportunity to come out, try my skills, you know, play in the big pond. Yeah. And I'm making a living. I'm not a movie rock star guy, but I'm doing just fine. You got six, you're doing okay. I'm doing great. <laughs> but I don't. But the thing is that even at, at my age, or David Copperfield's, right? We're two sides of a completely different financial coin. He's David yeah, he's Copperfield, deep. and I'm Rob Paulson. But I can still swing for the David Copperfield fence yeah, and continue yeah. to do my gig. And it's so wonderful. And I, I, I'm. I could talk about it forever, but it's no. I mean, we really could enjoyed yeah, it. We you guys are. Right? And one so day we're, we're going to take you up on that offer. We're going to come down and watch you. Actually oh, do please do. That's yeah, if awesome. we could, if you could get you down, I think you guys would really dig a recording session. Would. It'd be a lot yeah, of fun. Cool. Yeah, but I think that I mean that's the same thing. Like to answer that woman in the car months later is like, yeah, like you know, with people, who, all the best friends who support us, and like as long as there's people who want to consume our Isn't content, we'll keep doing that, and that'll keep evolving, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to tell a quick story. So Gavin Free, this guy over at Rooster Teeth, I'm sure what a lot up, of you guys are familiar with this. Like to me, his story is crazy because he was a huge fan of Rooster Teeth and the show that they yeah, did. Yeah. And but he was from you know Europe, so he couldn't get over here. Um, but so he started his own thing to get over here, and he like partnered up with this guy that he knew that like knew how to use slow mo cameras. Right. So he started his own YouTube channel, just slow mo guys, <laughs> which I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah. And it's just like it turned into this huge thing, and now he's over here. And I he remember talking to him. figured it out. Yeah, and he figured it out. He made it work when it wasn't going to work. Isn't that because fantastic? Because he had to. Yeah. And now I'll never forget when he when we first met him. He was talking to us. He's like, yeah, like, you know, now the iPhones have slow-mo. Like, in a couple of years, what oh, I do is please. not going to be unique. And yeah. it's not going to be a thing. And he's like, and now I my new thing is being stupid on the internet and talking right. and being right. funny. Well, guess what? More people are going to be able to right. do that, and you need to keep adapting. Hey, Glozell yeah, just yeah, nailed yeah, the president like... of the United States yes! for an interview. What? Right? <laughs> That's insane. And God bless her. You know, and people, and either side of the, well, Lloyd, you know, it, it really corrupts the uh, office of the president. Hey, man, I don't know that if I were the presidential advisor, I'd say, you better talk to these people because they're reaching a lot of your fan base and yeah. a lot of your constituency, right? Mm-hmm. And God bless Glozell. Yeah, she makes her living eating cereal in the tub, which I think is a little, you know, unhealthy, but nonetheless... <laughs> She figured it out, and she did. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, and it, it, that's so crazy. That's to me. so and that, cool. That that reson- like Gavin, he's like a good dude, good friend yeah, of mine, great and dude. he's like my age for all intents and purposes. I think he's a little older, but like it's crazy to me, and it inspired me too because oh I, I feel I'm a hungry dude. I like you know trying to push and stuff, but like even that like made me realize like. I can never stop and be like, oh, I get this YouTube thing. Because a lot of people make jokes like, oh, Tim gets YouTube and stuff. And that's kind of my thing. But I'm like, I can't stop there. Don't I rest on to, your laurels. I need you got to keep, keep adapting. Exactly keep right, adapting right. and keep exactly listening right. to people younger than me. Because right. they're going to be, they're going to know what's up more than I do. That's right. And that's what, that's the thing that you, folks like you have really helped me learn. Uh, Chris Hardwick has been big help. You honestly have been great. You've been, uh, you, when you had me on the uh, Up at Noon it was, I learned that sort of the, the power of that. Yeah. Overnight, I had 45,000 people who watched me have a great time on your show. And I've had so many people, you and, you know, Doug Walker, the, mm-hmm. uh, he does a thing called Nostalgia Critic. And, oh, yeah. and I've done a couple of those things. And I've, I go, so now between 
my podcast up at noon, a couple of these other YouTube things that I've done. People come up in Australia and say, mate, I saw you on up at noon. You were fucking great. <laughs> Bloody great. You do that with game over, Griggy. And, <laughs> and, and, and so it's like, wow. And it's inspiring to me. And I'm learning, you know, Hardwick, like I said, Jesus, Hardwick has taken it to the nth degree. Oh my God, yeah. And he had me and Maurice on his podcast and my podcast the two days after we aired on his show, my podcast went to number one on iTunes uh, TV and film because of Chris saying, hey, yeah, you should check this out. And so now I have, you know, 50,000 downloads a month. And I used to do it once a week. Now I do it once a month because I'm traveling so much. Sure. But boy, have I learned a lot. And it's just, it's this brave new world. And, and so when people say to me, uh, I live in Watertown, New York, but I, can I do what I do and not come to LA? I don't want to say, first of all, shut Stop whining. Please don't do that. You have with so many opportunities and platforms now that are available to you for free. Yeah. And this has got an HD camera and it's $200 and you can find a Starbucks in, in you know, uh, uh, I, I could be in Malaysia. <laughs> and in 30 seconds, I know where a Starbucks is. I mean, so you have all this opportunity and there are people like you're talking about. Well, it's really hard. I live in Watertown, New York. And well, your friend lives in what Europe or something? Yeah, he was over there. Okay, yeah. he figured it out, and now he's here. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's exactly. Forgive me again. Exactly what this country was built on. My grandparents all came through Ellis Island. I'm a second generation American. My parents were born here, but my grandparents weren't, and they came. You know, not knowing not only not how to speak the language, but not even knowing. Well, well I get tuberculosis on the boat going over, but you mm, know what? Jesus. Screw it. I gotta go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And because they came, I remember my mother getting tearful, going, "Oh my God." I just watched you get an Emmy on TV for something you did. Can you imagine if your grandparents were able to see what happened as a mm -hmm. result of their courage? So here's your friend says, God, I don't have a green card. And I'm like, All right. Well, I can complain about it and go work at wherever, but I'm going to do this and I'm going to figure it out. So figure it out. Or yeah. don't and live your life. But don't complain. Yeah. You know? And, you know, the, the, our lives have been crazy lately and I feel that's fairly safe to say for all of us but ign gave us so much we did yeah. so much for them and i feel like a lot of people are like well of course you can do this stuff because you did ign and I, i'm not trying to, to like talk shit to anybody or whatever i just want everyone to stop and think for a second we weren't at ign at some point yeah and we got to IGN. right yep. and that's crazy and recently like uh, you guys might have seen i got to host the daily fix on ign and that was a huge moment for me and it really made me stop and think about like my journey and getting right. yeah. to IGN and yeah. it's like it's crazy to me because now I'm like oh I'm me I'm you know this is who I am and I've always been this person but it's like I have always been this person I've always had this drive but like five years ago I wasn't right this. but it's it's about people talk about well you're so lucky and I used to say that and I am I'm I'm blessed lucky whatever exactly but I really prefer to think now that I get older that I'm I'm fortunate because I I'm really fortunate that I had great parents I had great siblings all of that stuff but, you know, when people say to me, you know, you guys are really lucky. Well, okay, but but if we're going to really get into the discussion about it, let's really sort of break down what luck is. It really is when preparedness meets opportunity. And you have these epiphanal moments in your life that will come along and either you're ready to knock it out of the park or you're not. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that even though you knock it out of the park, you're going to continue to forever because it isn't fair, whatever that means. But all you can ask for, as, as far as I'm concerned, is the opportunity. And bust your ass to be ready. And I'm like you. I didn't know anybody. I came from Flint, right? And But it was like, well, I'm not going to do it here. 
and I gotta go do my thing and gotta figure try, it out. Gotta, gotta try and keep. And then at least if you decide some, and my brother's a great example of that. My brother is now in the financial industry in New York, and he was an actor for years, and he'd had enough. He said, "You know what? I was there, and I did that. I'm ready to just sort of do what my, you know, went back to school, get the NYU, blah blah blah. And now he's making a lot of money in the financial district, and he's doing great. But he did it. He was like, eh, I feel good about that. He wasn't one of those guys who at 50 goes." my life because I never tried to do what I really want to do you know and not everybody's going to get that chance and we know that I understand that please don't get me wrong I don't mean to say that everybody's going to get the same opportunity I know it's not we don't have the same talent we don't have the same gifts I totally get that but as far as I'm concerned there are like three levels of passion you know if you're lucky you find something about which you're passionate right this if you're luckier you find that you are good at that which you are passionate about that's pretty cool. Like even if it's if it's bowling, or flower arranging, or working on cars, I can't wait to get off work because I'm gonna get to work on my car. I'm so passionate about that, and I'm good at it. I rebuilt this car. But then, if you find something about which you're passionate, you're good at it, and you make money at it, you've won the lottery of life, yeah. my yeah. friend. And yeah. I don't care how much the money is. I'm not talking about Oprah money. I'm talking about wow. I'm paying my bills. I live in a, a nice apartment in the city. I'm feeding my dog, and I'm doing my thing. And I own my own flower shop. I could be. Uh, what a great life! That's what pa that's what passion does. Yep. You know? And I, I'm grateful that you allowed me to express it. No, thank you for being a part of it. Yeah, thank and you. I think it's been you know this you know something Tim said is is interesting to me in the sense that we all got an IGN some way and got into this industry somehow. And you know the one thing I always encourage people to do is that when someone as it, when I was when I just turned eighteen, I'm thirty now. When I just turned eighteen, and someone opened a door for me just a little bit, I fucking busted that busted door down. down. Right. You know, like like that door was never getting closed again. Right. And I it got I busted it busted it to the point where I was an intern at IGN, and then when I graduated at Northeastern, they offered me a job. I didn't even apply for it. Yeah. You know, and so like it was a matter of like that five years difference of just working. Yeah. And getting it done got me to that point. So it was hard work, but also I always say this. You know, take the opportunities that are given to you. I am not. I was not, and I'm not the best writer. I think I'm good, but I'm not the best writer in the world. And I'm certainly, you know, not the most uh, talented individual on camera, or whatever. But like, you use what you have yeah. to try to get where you are. And what I love about this, particularly, what we're doing is, you know, I'll be very candid, and I've said this before. Like, my happiness at IGN was waning significantly, and I didn't want to do that anymore. You know, and like, but a lot of people think that we're crazy for jumping out of there. But I think we were crazy not to jump out of there because. You know, we now have the people out there, a much smaller group. I've said it many times. Greg's probably tired of hearing it specifically is that we, we exchanged we exchanged reach for intimacy. Yeah. We exchanged reach for intimacy. That was the idea. We are not going to reach the millions and millions and millions and tens of millions of people that IGN reached anymore. But we didn't we don't want to do that. We want to we want to be have an intimate relationship with a smaller group of people that support what we do and want to be there every day of the week. And it doesn't mean that we won't grow and we won't yeah. expand. It's to say like these four or five thousand people that are supporting us on, on Patreon right now. Those are our people, and we want to make them happy. And yeah. that makes me happy. I'll yeah. tell you, the last month, I've been much happier than I've been in Isn't years. Isn't that great? You know? Because yeah. I really came to the conclusion, the hard conclusion, like, that I had a dream job that everyone wanted. I was senior editor at the biggest gaming website in the world. You know? There's one senior editor at that yeah. website. It's a big you know? deal, man. And, like, yeah, no, and, 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 but I, I had to come to the conclusion. I'm like, I don't really want to do this anymore. Right. You know? It's not and not anymore. What did you say? It's not your dream anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And it's someone else's dream, so let's, let's get someone else in there. And I'm going to be with my boys that we we built this thing on our own and we own it. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to do it with our people out there. Right. And they're going to, and we're going to we're going to rise or fall based on how they feel about what we're doing, which is why Fantastic. they're so important to me. Yeah. And this these past 3 4 weeks 
fucking forget about it, dude. Yeah. Like I, I like I feel like a weight a, a weight has been lifted Isn't off my shoulders. Great? It's Good really for you, insane. Man. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fa- we're doing the right thing. Yeah, and that's why I started doing these live things. I didn't want to be beholden to people just you know calling me or saying we got two lines of a talking chicken. Would you read for this? And it's like, well, it's not that I want to do the gig, but there's because I'm not a famous guy. There's 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 not a point so far where. Uh, I can just say, you know, I, I won't work. I'll work when you give it to me. That's not going to happen mm-hmm. unless I become, you know, uh, do on-camera stuff. And and that may. And I may do more on-camera stuff. So I love doing my own gig because I love meeting all of the people out there and that, telling me the stories. And these people have buttered my bread for 30 freaking years. And I totally get that. And I want to go out and meet them. So now that I own this show, these shows that I'm doing, I mean, I don't own the music because it's owned by Warner Brothers, but we got permission from Mr. Spielberg and Warner Brothers, and we are doing our thing and having a good time and doing these personal appearances and anything I can do to further that. It's something that I have control over. I'm not waiting for the phone mm-hmm. to ring and having somebody say, mm, they, they're not sure if they want to use you if you read for this, maybe. Okay, great. I get that. I'm, I, I'm, if, if you want to use me, fine. If you don't, fine. I got my juice over here. Right, yeah, I got yeah, all my skin yeah. in this game now. And, um, and I want to do it until I literally can't do it anymore. Right. So, you're preaching to the choir, kids. Yeah, I think, you know? it's, I think it's just an interesting point because you were, you know, what you're really talking about in my mind is is an almost a, a lack of risk aversion, which is like, you know, I'm out of the four of us the most risk averse, I think. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to convince, and Tim too, in, in a sense, like took us a while to kind of come around to the sense that we were going to do this, we were going to jump. When I realized it's a, you, what you're saying is really resonating with me, just in the sense that, you know. I, I didn't want to stay somewhere because people thought I was crazy for leaving. Right. You know? Yeah, and right. that was like really like the last That's year or so. That's giving them your power. Exactly. Like the last year or so, it was like, that was how I felt in my in my heart. Right. You know, I was like, I can't, like people are going to think I'm nuts. You know? Like I got here and I'm, I've climbed here and I'm, I'm established. I could stay here forever. Right. You know? Like the four of us, we could stay there forever. Yeah. Right. You know, but we just. Well, then you coined the phrase which you've used here, which is, fuck that. <laughs> you know, we and, put that on a shirt, right? Yeah. And it's not. It, I read a great article. Yeah, I wish I could answers. remember his name. It's a great article about, you know, the, the the fine art of not giving a fuck. And it's like his his whole premise is we have only so many fucks to give. Oh yeah, I'm right? familiar, right? Mm-hmm. And you kind of go, I don't give. It doesn't mean I don't want I don't want you to do your best, and I don't want the best for you. But I I, I hear what you're saying. Thank you for caring about me, but I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And I hope you understand yeah. and accept that in the spirit in which I'm delivering that comment. It's not you know, a hateful comment. It's like, this is my life. So excuse me, but I don't give a fuck. And now, and like you said, you said it beautifully. You feel this weight off your shoulder and it, it's a good feeling. It is. And you it can't is. put a dollar figure on you that. You can. I mean, that's what I keep, that's why I'm, I'm trying to explain to people is that, yeah, we could have stayed there and had some financial security and been going around, going about our business and stuff. We owe everything to IGN. We owe a great deal to them. And we want, wish them the, the greatest totally, success. Totally, of course. And we wanted to leave them in the best possible way, which is why we gave them three months notice instead of two weeks notice. You know, to to make sure that they were in good in good shape, and they're in good shape. They're going to continue and succeed without us. They don't need us. You know, yeah. like the the. So that's fine. That's like a, that's a, its own weight lifted off my shoulders. But just the sense of, you know, whether we whether kind of funny succeeds or fails, like I have no regrets. Yeah. And like I already feel that way, and it's just like I stand you. a little taller. Like I feel yeah. a little better. I'm sleeping better. Like, right. it's so weird how like that one decision that seems so antithetical at the time like was the decision that had to be made that's going to be one of those epiphanal moments that you look back in your life and go holy shit am i ever glad that we did that when we did it and sometimes you're in the middle of it and you don't know but then you look back and go oh my god if i went left when i had the opportunity to go right and that's that's not meant as a political metaphor 
Um, <laughs> but you know, if, if oh my God, I'm so glad we did that. Yeah. And you will have those as you get older. You'll go, wow, this yeah. was a really good move. Mm-hmm. You know? We already know it is because of you, best friends. Thank yes. you so much, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Game Over Greggy Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five, best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, you can support us over at Patreon.com/slash/KindOfFunny. If you don't have any money to give us, it's no big deal. You can go to YouTube.com/slash/KindOfFunny. Get each topic broken out day by day until we post the whole thing for free on Friday on iTunes as well. Rob Paulson. Hey, man. Thank you so much for coming My through. pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, laughter is the best medicine, and the cool thing is you can't OD and the refills are free. <laughs> so there you go. Talking Tunes, go subscribe right now, whatever podcast service you use. Watch for go, robpaulsonlive.com. Go yeah. there, find Thank out you. when Animaniacs is coming somewhere. Anima- actually, Anima Maniacs. An- An- Anima Maniacs? That's a really Anima different show. Wow. Yeah, That's Thank a you. different show, but you, <laughs> hit, you hit the high notes easier. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Thanks, guys. Before we end, I do need to say I thank just, you. I, just know. Oh. I know, but I'm unending this. Thank you so much for everything because honestly, oh. like I said earlier, you were the my voice pleasure. of my childhood, of our of our childhood, multiple childhoods, a childhood Thanks, now for this new generation. And in addition to that, just the, the pop culture relevance of everything and a lot of what we do. This show, the Game Over Greggy show, right. the amount of times we've talked about G.I. Joe or Transformers yeah. or Land, of Bef- Land Before Time. Oh, I'm, I'm Spike. Which, I'm you were Spike. You were Spike? Yeah. And all the I was going before, for Chomper. And oh, I think no, I wasn't Chomper. I was Spike in all the Land Before Time video movies. Wow, yeah. well, that's amazing. <laughs> but we we talk about these things and all of those movies and shows oh, thanks, and all buddy. this like that. The memories we have from those shows, thank you, are what drives us to do what we do. Well, so and that you so. could not, you could have given me no greater compliment, which is precisely why I, I say I really want people please follow your passion, whatever it is, because one day you will have this experience. And it will be so profound in your life that you know that you fix somebody's car that they thought they could never afford, but mm-hmm. you freaking fixed it. Or you made an impact in somebody's life, whether it's on, on a macro or a micro scale, you need to have that experience. So follow your passion and share it with people. I think the most exciting thing is that your passion then fueled our passion. Great. And I'm hoping our passion fuels other it will. people's passion. It yeah. will. Yeah, yeah. It will. And thank you, man. You guys have just been... Absolutely delightful. Appreciate it. We love you, Rob. Thank you. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Sounds like sex talk. This is how you want want it. it? You want it up Up here? here, Down down there. Jesus Christ. Sex talk with Greg Miller. (laughs) Coming soon to Kind of Funny Vids. (laughs)